Welcome to the 376th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on February 18th, 2024. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and I'm also 50% of this here show. With me is the man who's going to shine some light on all those nasty console rumors, Carlos Rodella. I got all the dirt, people. I got all the dirt. We are going to find out what went down, because last week we were uh, pretty concerned about all that scuttlebutt in the industry, man. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people right now, spoiler, are saying um, the Xbox conversation, our whole podcast about the rumor mill was a nothing burger, and that's a quote. Um, so that's what people are saying, but I have wait, wait, wait. another our, level. Our show was, or the announcement No, was? the announcement was. Okay, okay. Our yeah. show is never a nothing burger. I mean, I was, I was going to say, I was going to be a little bit hurt right there. I was like, ouch, yeah. that's kind of brutal. Okay. No, I'm just kind of throwing us in the, in the whole ring there, because Got we talked you. about it. We're like speculating. But, you know, not a lot came out of the announcement, but I have some other information, and I think it's actually more than people think. Okay. Well, that, hang on. Put a pin in that for like two seconds. Uh, we've got actually a really jam-packed show today, so let's just skip all the usual nonsense. We'll just jump right in. We'll just do housekeeping. Everybody knows we share a space, blah, blah, blah. Let's get to it in the interest of time. Um so let's just focus on that real quick. You want to start with that stuff, Carlos? Or yeah, I mean, like if you listen to our little side podcast, the rumor mill, we were going off of you know the huge speculation, all the rumors that were circulating. It was wild. Yeah, and Xbox, the idea of going you know third party and kind of making their exclusives not exclusive and bringing in a PlayStation and Switch. Um, <clears throat> so the short version of what they did in that talk, which was like a twenty-two minute pre-taped podcast type you know setting. They said almost nothing, but they did say only four games right now are of our exclusives are going to go to other platforms. And what's weird as fuck, and you've probably already heard this by now, is it's just weird that they didn't say the names of them. So they, they asked Phil, and they're like, hey, which ones? And he's like, I don't want to say. He's like, I want the teams to like announce it. But that's mm-hmm. just weird as fuck. And that we, was really weird, yeah. Yeah, right? And we all know anyhow. Like, it's Sea of Thieves. It's... Uh, grounded, Pentiment, and Hi-Fi Rush. Like, all of us kind of already knew it, so it's just weird that he didn't say it. And then also it just adds to more speculation, which they are really good at doing, where they don't say enough, and then people just go, I don't know what they're doing. But the interesting thing about this, though, is I think that there is a time for tantalizing people with, like, an exciting announcement and getting people hyped, but this just feels like, we don't want to share the bad news and it's getting like the negative kind of thinking going. Like people are thinking mm. the worst, not thinking like it's going to be a good thing. And I think it's kind of hurting them a little bit that they're not being more forthcoming. It's hurting them a lot. It's it's yeah. more than a little bit. And you're yeah, right. You know what I mean though, right? Cause like sometimes it's like a good surprise. This feels just like a bad surprise. Yeah. To me and anyway. you just had the yeah. whole internet like melt down. Yeah. And you exactly. had these huge Xbox, you know, fans and loyal, you know, followers or whatever, like say they're giving up the idea and the brand, just come out and say the basics, you know? So they did that. They did a couple other weird things where, I mean, after fin- after I finished watching, I was so mad because it's just all marketing speak. Like, they didn't sound like real people. They just said all the PR stuff, all the marketing type talk. And then at some point, Phil Spencer said, like, the industry is in a bad position and we're, like, not doing well. And then he mentioned the layoffs, which is true. But then in that same talk, they said how they're, like, doing the best they've ever done. 
Well, you know, you're not wrong, though, because it's not even just video games. I think it's everywhere, you know, kind of scanning the news and looking around at the economic scene and everything. You know, we keep saying the economy is so great and yet everybody is getting laid off and nobody can afford things. And we have all these companies who are like record profits, 50 billion. But then like, you know, all their people are getting paid pennies and all that money goes to like stock buybacks and stuff like the like the meta thing. You know, they laid off a whole like whole bunch of people, but then they immediately turned around and did like a 50 billion stock buyback or whatever. So it's like you have the money. You're simply not choosing to spend it on people. And if all you care about is like the 1% people who have all the stocks, then yeah, the economy is doing great. But actually, everybody else is getting fucked right now. So we got to start cutting through this bullshit, man. Well, let me let me do a tangent on that real quick. And we'll go back to the Xbox stuff because that was another one of my housekeeping notes, which is, yeah, the layoffs are insane. Yet the idea is this is like the best time for video games because they're making so much money. But then there's that other issue where people are forecasting, bullshit forecasting, mm-hmm. like PlayStation saying, hey, we didn't make enough money. But they were forecasting selling 25 million PS5s. And, like, maybe that's unattainable, right? And, right. and to your point, like, so many of the companies are just working for their shareholders. Right. Like, how right. do they get that return on investment? It doesn't matter. And so we'll cut just to make that number right. And then on top of that, the kind of bloated, like, time frame of, of creating, in quotes, AAA titles and how much money, in my opinion, bloated uh, budgets for making these games like spend yeah. six years and 500 million dollars or whatever some crazy number even 10 million dollars and then you know yeah to get that return on investment is going to be tough so a lot of this is like we've said on the show before like forecasting managing and i just think that's all shitty so that kind of dovetails back into the xbox stuff because yeah they kind of just said one thing then said the opposite thing in the same conversation yeah they didn't talk about hardware because people were afraid that they're leaving the hardware market. They just said that, no, we're going to be in the hardware market and we have something coming. This is crazy. That's going to be the biggest, largest tech leap you've ever seen. Um, which which is not true. Which can There's be no true. way it can be true. Yeah. And then and the, this, there's speculation that's going to have AI in it. That There's speculation. Which sounds terrible to I me. I know. It, to me even, that because I don't need that in my system. But... Um, you know, it just sounds like politicians, you know, yeah. like there's so much talk that seems so similar to like, oh, you're not going to believe it. You know, a certain someone. It, we're going to do the best things. Right. Yeah. We're going to do all the things. And well, that's, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I 100 percent, dude, I think you're exactly right. And I think it kind of loops back to like the the Sony guy who gave the presentation. Were you going to we going to touch on that at you all? You can talk about it right now. Yeah. He just mentioned okay. that they are going to go PC as well. The COO, I guess, of PlayStation. Yeah, of the of PlayStation. Yeah. yeah, in Japan. But you know, he also said that PlayStation wasn't meeting their sales targets. They're like, you know, we didn't sell as many as we thought we we're going to. Or we're gonna have to reduce that. And then also, you know, he said, you know, we don't have any big games coming up because it takes so long, and this is unsustainable. We can't, you know, we can't keep making these giant AAA games, which is kind of what everybody associates with Sony right now, like the God of Wars and the Horizons and all that stuff. So I think it kind of just gets back to like this is this is all unsustainable. This is all unsustainable, right? Um, you know, like we need smaller games. We need more manageable budgets. We need to actually take care of our people and not like bow down to shareholders. And, uh, you know, there's a couple good articles that came out this week talking about the PlayStation thing specifically. Uh, Paul Tassi, who writes for Forbes, um, he writes like a lot of stuff for Forbes. I see him all, like every day, new article. That guy's real busy. Uh, but he put out one that was about, um, I think it was called With All the Attention on Xbox's Pivot, PlayStation Isn't Doing So Hot Either. Uh, I'm not going to go into it now, but that was a pretty good little wrap up of kind of what the Sony guy said. So mm-hmm. you can look that up if you wish. And then Rebecca Valentine over at IGN had a really good article, which is kind of tangentially related. Um, it was called, I've never seen it this bad. 
Game developers explained the huge layoffs hitting Riot, Epic, and more. And so she interviewed, I think, more than 40 uh, developers who had been laid off. And they were all anonymous, of course. Um, and they were just talking about just gross mismanagement. Like, everybody's blaming yes. COVID and the lockdowns and the economy and, you know, fanboys and whatever, anime and beef and the ozone layer and whatever. They're blaming everything, but they're not blaming themselves. Where, like, these people at the top have these enormous fucking salaries and they keep making bad call after bad call. Um, you know, kind of like what it smells like this Xbox thing is. I mean, if they're doing AI or whatever it is, you know, we shouldn't really be leaning into like a bigger, more powerful box. We should be leaning into better games, better designs, more interesting designs rather than just more polygons, which we've been saying that for decades, dude. Like enough with the more polygons. Let's start doing kind of the stuff that you and I talk about, you know, like the more interesting conversations with 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 characters or more story branching or more options or more artistic elements and stuff. Yeah. I just we need to get off of this fucking the same fucking tech chase that we've been on for decades, dude. Yeah, and on top of that, like, um, you know, when we're kind of talking about games and, like, how we want those, we want games, right? Um, it's not necessarily, like, a bigger box or I can play it anywhere. I just keep going back to and going to go back to that talk. Like, where are the games? Yeah. Because I, all these words don't make any sense. They don't, I don't, they don't have any bearing on my life unless I can buy something that I enjoy. Yeah, And I guess to your point too, like, yeah, I want good experiences. We all want like really cool experiences. There's a great uh, video about how when exclusives were a bigger deal, uh, which is another kind of tangential discussion about exclusives, but like people were really fighting for your attention and like, you know, cool, really intense um, games and stories were being told. And not not like they're not happening now, but I feel like, you know, there's so many of these kind of live games as a service, whatever bullshit. Yeah. And um, I just think I just want good experiences and I don't want uh, just people talking at me. Because well, again, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. just yeah, to finish yeah. that thought, I think Xbox has been talking for years. And so I think why this whole meltdown happened last week was it's just that culmination of people being tired of it, you know? And I think that that's what no one's really saying in the YouTube videos, which is, it's just years and years of over-promising and under-delivering. And like Redfall being a kind of Ansar field a little bit to a lesser oh, extent. Yeah. Being kind of like this kind of, oh yeah, they, they talked about doing things for years, including buying studios, which they did, spending so much money. And then, yeah, who, what are we playing? You know, Right. Well, you know, I think that's exactly right. We had a, there was a discussion I was in recently and we were talking about how it was just like, the triple A's are the big promise and the bigger box and the more polygons and stuff. But like, honestly, those are not the games that are like really inspiring people or moving people forward. I feel like those are kind of like the expected like sequel. Yeah. We're going to play them and all that stuff. But like when I look at the stuff that really touches me, like, you know, I'm still playing rogue trader. That game has like basic ass graphics. It's janky as fuck, but like the gameplay and the game design is like really fun. Like it keeps bringing me back all the time. You know, like some of the stuff I'm playing on the Switch, it's the furthest thing it could be from like bleeding edge tech, you know, or like a lot of other games that people pick as their top games, like very rarely. In fact, I was really struggling to think of like if I had to pick my top 10 games of like of all time, are any of those like triple A blockbusters? I mean, maybe like one. Well, I'm, you know? I, I would like, say more like, than one for me. I mean, th think about Mass Effect. Think about Skyrim. I mean, that was gonna was gonna say Mass Effect and all that. I don't know. I don't know if Skyrim counts. It's pretty janky, uh, for but... me. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I mean, it counts as a game, but like, I don't know if I would put it as triple A because it's so fucking jank and broken. But um, 
I don't know. I, I just think that like we re- really need to like like so many things in life. We need to start refocusing in a different aspect and and start cultivating other avenues, not just the same one that we've been doing over and over and over. It just yeah. I mean, and, and to kind of close it, I guess there's so much we could talk about, but like it just always comes down to greed and huge companies yeah. trying yeah. to be bigger and get more money. That's kind of it. Like, and it's because now you know, I think another video recently I watched said. You know, the gaming industry isn't proving itself anymore. It just is. Yeah. And so because it is, it's like, you know, TV or oil or soda. You know, it's like it's a thing. Right. And it has to make a ton of money because a ton of people have spent a lot of investment in it. I mean, the Activision Blizzard thing is like the biggest uh, reason why Xbox is, you know, panicking kind of in a, in a way. Or like at least really trying to focus on... Um, Profits, because I mean, it's seventy-five billion is insane. Like even for Microsoft. Yeah. So, yeah. and by the way, the only I guess in quotes positive thing that came out of that Xbox talk was that for people who have Game Pass, because of the Activision Blizzard um, deal, they're putting Diablo Four on it, which is kind of good. Like that's the only thing I'll say positive of the whole talk. It's a thing because you know I I've already played. You it. liked it, yeah. Yeah, but if it. other people hadn't played it and they didn't want you know have the money to sure, buy it, sure, that works. But whatever, like yeah. In general, I just was so frustrated with that talk. I you know I'm I know I'm pre, um, angry with them a lot of times, but it just it, you know showed that what we're talking about, which is the corporate speak, the PR speak, not saying things like you said, like hiding things, like. No, this is the time to come clean and say all the stuff you're doing. Yeah. And then Starfield, no, not Starfield now, but we're not opposed to it later down the road. So I just don't see how they're going to win back their fan base when they're just being secretive. And they're also going to like basically slowly, you know, case by case, as they say, give away their exclusives to other companies. So, Well, we will touch on this again, I am sure. But let me let me pivot just a little bit Please to the pivot. other side of the tracks, over yes. the PlayStation side, just for a second. Mm-hmm. So this is not exactly related, but kind of related. And I think it's kind of profit related. And I think it's also to do with that CEO's comments about they're not selling as many PlayStation 5s as they want to. So, okay. Um, you know, I'm playing Helldivers 2. Uh, we'll talk about it in a minute. Um, but, you know, that's one of my... The first one was one of my favorite games of all time. And my wife and I, I've said before, we're teammates. We love like playing multi and that. Like it was, it was a thing in our family, right? And so I was like, she doesn't. We went Xbox. This, this console generation. I've said that before. We're an Xbox family now. Everybody's got a, everybody's got an, an Xbox in the house. Um, and we made that decision for a number of reasons, which I won't need to get into now. But you know, at the time, there was really nothing to pull us over to the Sony side. And so we're like, let's do you know Game Pass. Let's do the Xbox S. It's cheaper. We could get them. Whatever, whatever. Anyway, jump ahead. And so. Helldivers 2 is out now and I'm like it launched uh, we'll talk about this a little bit more it wasn't compelling but they've been patching it like literally like every day mm-hmm. and all this stuff so the wife is looking over my shoulder and she's like you know this doesn't look too bad and I'm like yeah it's better she's like yeah I don't know maybe it's time and I'm like uh, I guess you know because I'm like when it's time that means I need to pick up a second PlayStation 5 for the wife so she can play Helldivers with me and she's like yeah you know maybe it might be time and I'm like ah, okay let's <laughs> okay that's cool um, and I only the only hesitance you're hearing in my voice is because I went to go look up and see how much PlayStations are right now, and I was like, "What? There's still like 500 fucking bucks." Dude. Same price, like, yeah. But the new one's like, coming out soon. Well, how soon is that? Because I mean, it, all I could think about was the 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 C, COO or CEO or whatever his whatever his title was. I was like, "We're not selling. We fell way short of our expectations of sales goals." Okay, yeah, bitch. Because listen, 
you just said the PlayStation is in the latter half of its life cycle. And at that point, that's when you start getting your economy like, you you know, the, the bargain boxes where you start getting everybody who at this point, anybody who really wanted a PlayStation at this point already has one. So now you need to start getting the people who were maybe thinking about it or, yeah. you know, they were kind of considering it, but not really. And this is the time when you hit like 300 or, you know, like you bring it down. And I told, dude, I have not been following prices at all because I, you know, I bought all my boxes a while ago. And I was shocked to be like, what the fuck are they still doing this expensive? There's, are you kidding me? Like, I totally thought I would swoop in and get one for like 300 or something like that. So like, no wonder they're not selling as many because they're still too fucking expensive. I know. And, and they think they're, they're like worried that they're not going to be able to match the um, PS4. They're trailing the PS4 sales right now. Yeah. Um, but the PS4 had like so many iterations and the slim and stuff were cheaper. And it, the price just kept coming down and down and down and down and down. I heard, then, like, I heard that the yeah. Pro, the PS5 Pro, is going to be more expensive. Someone said, "Dude, which I, should be like, yeah, bad." They're going in the wrong direction, dude. Like they've sold to the hardcore. They're not going to sell to the hardcore anymore. You got to get the guy who's maybe thinking about it just for Madden, or or the the girl who's thinking about it because she wants to play RPGs, but she's not. You know, times are tight right now, man. Like yeah. it's like five hundred bucks is a lot of fucking money for people. The economy, contrary to what fucking Uncle Joe Biden says, is shit right now. And it's like, that's a lot of fucking money to drop on something. I am stunned they are still so expensive, dude. Side note, Helldivers does come out, or did come out on PC. Um, it did. So, you know, you could do an Xbox PC crossover. Uh, we could, in the interim. Jesus. Yeah, my wife does not have a gaming PC. So it's like, okay, so get a PC that is good enough to run Helldivers. I don't even know yeah. what that would, you know, what, like $400 at minimum? I mean, that's like basic ass. I don't know. Who knows? I just anyway, point being, I was really shocked that at this point at which that guy made such a big deal about saying that, that the the golden years of PS5 are coming, that they're still fucking so goddamn expensive. It's a joke, dude. Again, it just comes down to greed and weird yeah, investment. It's, it's, it's just greed. greed. It really is like everything Poor is that. Poor um, so, yeah, we're kind of frustrated with both of them. Um, and at the end of the day, I think kind of to your earlier point. Yeah. Games can be made cheaper. And they are. And Minecraft is pretty damn cheap. When it, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. And that's only like the biggest game in the world. So I just think that the bloated prices of, um, you know, game development, in quotes, AAA game development can come down. And that would potentially help a lot. But Oh, yeah. And we do can't. we really need those like those texture maps that hold up to like microscopic, you know, like we don't need like I'm thinking about the games that we're going to talk about today on the show. And like not really any of them are really like pushing the edge graphically, but like some of them are just like, they're just good games regardless of that. Like we, we got to get off of this thing. Anyway, whatever. Saying the same thing again. Let's and uh, it just, uh, this is the closing piece of it. Um, this other conversation went around of like that people don't want a box for, they don't want a box or they don't need a box. Like especially younger people just want to play a game no matter where. Right. Yeah. I would just say the only thing I disagree with is that like, I do need a box because I don't want to play things on my computer. Mm-hmm. And I really want to play them on my TV. So as long as that box is a handheld, you know, the rumor is Xbox is making a handheld yeah. that's going to come out, and the PlayStation makes a handheld that docks like a Switch. Who cares? I don't care how it comes, the form factor. Yeah. But I still want to be able to go to my TV because I spent money on that. Well, you that's, you're exactly right, dude. And I think just to kind of add to that, you know, my son has kind of leaned into PC gaming more than I have because that's where like some of his friends are. They play a lot of that weird sketchy stuff that shows up on Steam, a lot of the early access junk and all that. And, you know, like yesterday he bought a game, just bought it brand new and he started to try to play it. And it was like glitchy as fuck. Like it wasn't working. He's like, damn, the game's not working. And I'm like, I got nothing for you, buddy. I, I mean, this is literally why I don't play PC gaming. Right. And it's not, 
you got to like figure out a lot of people just don't really know computers that well or just don't want to do it and they don't want to hassle with it. And it's like trying to get him to figure out what was wrong with his version and what was going on with the driver and all this stuff. And I know that PC gaming is way better than it was. Fully admit that, right? Like I, I, I was around during the dark days and so were you when it was just like a nightmare yeah. trying to get everything to run. It's way better these days, but still... It is still a bit of a hassle to, to do some of that stuff. And so just from that perspective alone, not saying Sony, Nintendo, Xbox, whatever, but just like a box that like takes care of that for you mm-hmm. will always be appealing to people because we just don't want to fuck with it after a long day at work, after, you know, just you're tired or whatever. Like you don't want to like have to fuck with that. I mean, if you're a PC person, go for it. But like a lot of us just aren't. And it's okay. We can have a box for us. I think that's totally fine. So there's always going to be market for a box. Yeah. I mean, like think about I just did a demo that we talk about today. Um, um, on the Steam, and every Steam game for me is still a question mark of does my controller work with it? Exactly. Does exactly. my did I have the right? Sometimes it's like a video driver or whatever, you know. So oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Just the other day, my son is like, only half my controller works, and I'm like, fucking PC gaming, get the fuck out of here. Why would you only put half half controller support in? Like, what the fuck, dude? I, yeah. Anyway, whatever, whatever. All right. All right. Well, what else you got? What that's else you got? it. Uh, one more business thing. This is this is a quote that I thought was really funny. Um, I've forgive uh, me that I don't remember the YouTuber that said this or some comment on a YouTube video, but um, it's just, it's a simple comment that says 2003, I used to go into a store to find a game. 2023, now I go into a game to find a store. Do you get it? <laughs> yes. Microtransactions. It. Yes. That um, does make sense. It took, yeah, me, took kinda, me a minute, but I got there. It's, a, yes. it's like a parable or something. Yes, it is. Um, that's it. I think that's it. Uh, I will say for Helldivers 2, which we'll talk about in a minute, uh, they are doing gangbusters, even with their lobby issues. Yeah. But the reason they're having those issues, to kind of steal your thunder, um, is because they have 200,000 concurrent players right now. That's a lot. Um, now, I remember, was it um, Pale World, if I'm saying that right? Are you right? saying Pale? Pale World um, <laughs> was up into the millions, right, of concurrent? It was. It was millions, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's 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 went down a bit, but... 200,000 is still like a lot. Um, I mean, it is a lot, but when you compare it to those other ones, I'm like, well, that doesn't seem like very much. Yeah, but they here's here's the thing is they I don't think the developers are ready for that. Someone said they were ready for like 50,000 people to maybe show up. So I just think that they're getting inundated with, which is a good thing, but it's not it a is. good we'll thing. Get to that. Get, we'll get okay. to that in a second. Okay. That's I all it. I have, I think. Okay, I just have just two other things real quickly here. I, I don't know if you saw this or not, but I, there is a documentary coming to disney plus that is on hideo kojima and the making of death stranding have you seen this yes i i want to see it but i saw the trailer for it yeah dude i thought it was a hoax i didn't see the trailer but i saw somebody tweet it and i'm like oh lols whatever dude yeah sure i thought it was completely like a bullshit hoax and i'm like whoa what is real there <laughs> what that blew me away so i will watch it not because i'm uh, up for more Kojima nonsense because you know he's you know what I think about his writing, but I am really fascinated to see because that ended up being one of my favorite games of all time. I'm curious to see what went into the making of that, and I'm sure there's going to be lots of shots of Norman Reedus naked in the shower, yeah. you know, naked curled up on the floor, naked in the grass, naked. That dude was naked for half the making of that game, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so we'll see some of that. So just for the the sake of loving Death Stranding, I will watch that. And I am very shocked. Still, I'm almost thinking it's still a hoax, but I guess it's real. No, so. it's real, and I'm, I was going to tell you about it. Yeah, excited. Yeah. Okay. Um, the final thing that I want to mention is not really game related, but I do want to get it out of the way here at the beginning of the show. Um, so I was contacted by PR for an event called Astra Lumina. Have you heard of it? I think it's about like uh, you walk through a thing. 
Yes, you do. Literally, you do walk through several things. Yes, exactly. It is kind of an interactive multimedia light show that is now it's touring the country, I believe. And right now it's in Seattle. I think they're near the end of the Seattle run. So by the time you hear this, if you're still in the Pacific Northwest, there is still time to get in there and do it. Uh, but you can only go after the sun goes down, obviously, because it's like a light show. Uh, but basically, it's like a theme about like nature and stars and the cosmos. And, and just full disclosure, like I did get a free ticket to go. So I just want to put that out there, uh, you know. Not that they paid me or anything, but it was a free admission. So just heads up. Um, and so uh, the wife and the son and I drove down there and they hosted it in one of the local gardens here in Seattle. We have actually a lot of gardens and I don't think people realize how many gardens we have in Seattle. We have like many gardens, mm. uh, but it was nice. We pulled up and the sun had just gone down. So it was nicely dark and we started walking around. It's like a giant loop. And in each, each like, I don't know, 500 feet or something, they have like a little installation. And the first one is like these crescents with like this fog and the lights coming through it and music's playing. It's really cool. And then there's like all these trees lit up and it looked kind of super spooky a little bit. And then they had this uh, light show where it, was, it almost looked like a UFO was landing and the lights were like going up and down like these LEDs. Like it was all timed to play in tune with the music, right? So like they have this like really kind of like Enya, new age, like emotional music playing. And then the lights are kind of going off and you kind of like kind of get lulled into a trance a little bit and so you kind of like for a moment are taken away to like a different place which is pretty cool but the thing that blew me away i mean that was all that was all good and that was fine but the thing that really blew me away like the whole family agreed um in the middle of the run there was a laser show that was like in this little this little glade that was really super foggy and the lights came on and like not only did it look like there were little lights all over the ground like it looked like you were going to step on something but when there was so much fog and just the right amount that when the lasers were showing, it looked like you were walking through a giant spider web of like lights. Mm. And I don't know how to even explain this, but like it literally felt like I was going to hit something on my face when I was walking into it, even though I knew it was just like lasers and smoke. The effect was so convincing. Like we all were like, oh, man, like we felt a little bit disoriented, like in a cool, interesting way. Like we were like at all of a sudden like this new dimension or something with all these lights and the webs and the everything was going around us. And everybody's kind of just like paused. Wow. It was so fucking cool looking. I mean, it was worth going just for that one scene all on itself. But there was like a bunch of other stuff, too, as well. So we had a really cool time. It was really fun. And I want to say thank you to Astrolumina PR for the free tickets. Greatly appreciated. And it ended up being I mean, just for that laser thing pretty fucking mind-blowing i imagine if you were like altered with a substance probably would change your whole outlook on life if you went to that thing but uh i, I went sober by the way yeah uh, but it was cool very cool definitely recommend it and thanks again to astro Lumina pr there are there is some time to catch it in seattle otherwise catch it wherever it goes to next on its national tour so there you go check it out for sure check it out i definitely check was out. like interested uh until you said that too and i was like now i'm more interested so yeah, definitely cool. Definitely cool. All right, let's get into the main portion of the show. We have so much to talk about. Let's just get right to. Oh wait, wait, wait. I gotta, I gotta say it really quickly, uh, folks. This is a Patreon-supported show. Every little bit helps with the cost of hosting, and the cost keeps going up all the time, which is really not too cool. Fucking economy, inflation. Uh, if you want to support the show, please do. We'll take anything, and if anyone chips in at the five dollar or above level, you will be joined. Uh, you will you will not be joined. You'll be invited to join our members only Discord. You'll be invited by me. Uh, but nothing will be ever paywalled. We will not hold any content back because we love you. So that's the thing. Patreon.com forward slash the Soviet Games Podcast if you wish to contribute. Otherwise, let's move on with the show here. Carlos, we're gonna circle back really quickly. Suicide Squad, we talked about it last week. You had a very positive uh, outlook on Suicide Squad. You were kind of playing it solo. You rocked us through the the story and the campaign mode and talked about it. it Sound pretty intriguing. Yeah. Uh, so you, I'm guessing, since you're circling back, you probably finished it. 
I did finish it. Yeah. And it's kind of, you know, I played it solo, so it's tricky. Um, but I pulled it off. I kept things on easy or whatever, you know, not super hard. And then, funnily enough, as soon as I finished, I decided to, on my Glitch to the Ground channel, make just a video. I think I teased that last episode. Uh-huh. I'll be doing some videos sometimes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I decided to do it on Glitch to the Ground, not Carl's Rodella's channel. Anyways, I made uh, a video about Suicide Squad, and I just called it, It's Not That Bad. Okay. Um, Right you know, on the nose, I get you. It is kind of how I was feeling. It was just a five-minute video, and it got, like, all these views and, of course, a million comments because people were like, you know, immediately, you're wrong, you know. Right, right Which right. I love. I love how your opinion is wrong. It's really awesome. Um, I was just laughing at those. But, yeah, in the video, I just basically explained how, like, you know, when I finished the game, the cutscenes and stuff like that were what I really was playing for. So it's almost like I was watching, like, a web series, because it's so well animated, like the way they did the facial animations. Right, right, It right. just looks like you're watching like a series. And so I would do these, you know, these little missions that got repetitive, but because I wanted to see what happened, you know, and I really enjoyed playing as Harley Quinn, uh, which by the way, sub- subsequently watched, went back and watched Birds of Prey just because I had Oh, the movie, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, It's not great, but it's more of a Margot Robbie as Have you ever Quinn. watched the uh, Harley Quinn series on HBO, the cartoon series? Not the cartoon series. I am so turned off by the, that style of cartoon, but maybe. Maybe I'll try it. I, I just I've never can't. seen it. I don't know. I'm just curious. I've never seen it. It's like just like the, I know this is like blasphemy, but the Batman, the animated series everybody loves. Yeah. I just don't like that art style a lot. So. Oh, okay. All right. Anywho, the point is I had a great time with it. Um yeah, I, I know the looter shooter stuff was there. The the guns were 0.5% better. In general, I only got guns to drill down on that that were really interesting and did different things. You know, and so when I found those like really wildly different guns, they didn't feel like, oh, this gun shoots 0.1% better. They felt like a different gun. Um and anyways, yeah, I beat the I beat the thing. I saw the trajectory to where they want me to keep playing, you know, and I didn't need to. Um, is that like after you roll credits on the campaign? Yeah, like the campaign still, it kind of finishes and then there's like an extra beat Brainiac, which is like the main boss, but he's kind of part of the live service game, mm. really. And then they say, you could beat him like 12 more times. And so like, yeah, it's they want you to keep playing. Right. But just my circle back is that I still, just like my video, think it was a good time. Now, it wasn't worth $70 at all, at all. Um, I think it's a $30, $40 game because okay. it's a good rock steady campaign, just the, the campaign part. But yeah, I know all the things that are wrong with it. I know that rock steady was handed this task to make a looter shooter. They probably didn't want to, or a lot of them didn't want to, but I think they did a good job of what they had. Um, so I kind of stand by the fact that it's not that bad. I mean, it sounds interesting when I'm hearing you talk about it. It seems like something that I would like to play for a weekend or whatever, but I think this kind of just gets back to the whole misguided thinking of the games industry right now, where everybody wants game of service, everybody wants the guaranteed infinite income, everybody wants this this, this influx of stuff. And I get that games are expensive and all that, but I just don't think this is the answer. Like, this seems like it would have been a really good single player adventure, you know, just like a standard, like like the Batman games used to be, right? Like back in the day. Oh, yeah. Everybody's comparing it to Arkham games. So yeah, like if you just had, I mean, those are those are classic games, well revered even to this day. And if you had just had the same thing, Suicide Squad, but take out the looter shooter, take out the online, take out the multi-transactions or whatever. And you just played it like a regular adventure game and you finished it after 15, 20 hours. 
That would have been fine. I think most people probably would agree that would have been fine. It doesn't matter, though, because, again, like to our earlier point from housekeeping, who owns Rocksteady? I forgot. Is it Warner Brothers? Somebody big, right? I think it is, yeah. Let's just call it somebody big who's sure. greedy. Sure. They made them do this. Like, so it doesn't even matter. All of our- Oh, yeah. What, yeah, we, what blaming, we think would be better. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm not blaming Rocksteady or anything. I think just this whole concept is a fucked up concept. Yeah, I'm just saying I think they agree with you, too, probably. Like, I would say maybe- I can't speak for them, but a chunk of them probably agree. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we could have made a short game that had the best like facial animation ever, and it would have been awesome. You know what I mean? And then on top of that, you wouldn't have a lot of those missions, which I was really frustrated with at the end, which is like, yeah, protect car, you know, protect truck as it drives, yeah. and you know, shoot all the little purple dots. Like that stuff that people are making fun of, it's fine. That's terrible. But that being said, this is the last thing I'll say about it. Um, because a lot of people play five seconds of it or just watch a YouTube video and don't actually play it, and then they bitch about it. I played the whole thing, finished it, which is what I do, and there's like a haunted house mission, and like it goes through all the backstory of everybody, all the characters, and like what they're afraid of, and it's like kind of emotional. I'm like, there's more to this game. You know, it's not just these like... Is the scarecrow there? No, but they basically referenced him. All right. I think the there's a mission where you're getting gassed, and sure. they, they say it's Scarecrow's stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. always the Scarecrow. So anyways, I just really uh, dig my experience, my short experience with it, and I won't go back on that. I, I'm still like having to talk to people in comments on my video about it. But yeah, I don't know. I had a go okay time with it. All right. Well, you know, maybe it's worth playing on sale just for the story mode. Maybe power through the grindy missions and just, you know, just see what they had to say and then get out. And I, I, I have no doubt that the people at Rocksteady probably didn't want to take this direction. So again, this is not about the people at Rocksteady. It's about corporate overlords and these, these somebody big people who are just like, you know, profit at all else. Again, it's ruining everything. It's ruining um, like life and society and the yeah. planet earth profit yeah. and everything else is, is going to be the death of humanity. And this is just one more example, a very small example, but still an example. There so, we go. There we go. And on that note, Video games. Uh, let me do a circle back. You did a circle back. I'm going to do a circle back. The one I just alluded to a second ago about Helldivers two. Um, we talked about it like last episode or the episode before, whichever. And I was pretty lukewarm on it and, and justifiably. So I think it launched, um, you know, not great. I think there were lots of bugs, lots of glitches to it. Um, for example, like I, <laughs> when your character spawns in on your ship, he shows up in like a little cryo tube, you know, that thing where he, mm-hmm. you know, it's very easy sometimes to get stuck behind the cryo tube. Like you're not supposed to be back there, but like your character will come in and you're trapped behind the machinery that's supposed to drop you off on the deck. Oh, I and want so that just, to happen to me. Cause I'm oh, Mr. Quitch to the ground. It's happened to me so many times where I'm stuck and I can't get out because you're not supposed to be back there in the first place. Or like sometimes we, uh, we shot, um, if you play the robot missions, uh, and you shoot the dropship. It's possible to shoot the dropships down if you have enough firepower. And one of the dropships dropped, and like the the polygons on it stretched out to be like fifty feet long. Oh, you're saying and all the things that I want. Yeah, it was bouncing around like a giant spider across oh, the fucking goodness. wasteland. It was so Wait, weird. You didn't record that, did you? No, I didn't. I don't Gosh record damn anything. it! It's so fucking fucked up and weird. So there was like lots of glitches and stuff, like lots of you know, uh, getting dropped out of games or not being able to do stuff and like whatever. But they, you know, to to give them credit, Arrowhead the studio. They've been patching it, I feel like, at least, like, once a day since launch. Like, every night when I get on, they're like, oh, yeah, patch incoming. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. And it's been getting better and better. It's less. It's not totally bug-free, but it's been getting better for sure. Um, I feel like 
Um, there's still some stuff that needs to be done, uh, but I feel like it's just slowly, incrementally getting better. I've been playing it every day, at least a couple missions every day, just to see how it's going, keep an eye on it. And like I said, my wife's been looking over my shoulder. She's getting kind of excited about it, too, because uh, I've, I've got to, like, level 12, level 13 last night. See, unlocked. even though we were both lukewarm, you're still playing it, though. Yeah, yeah, which say definitely that. says something, which definitely, yeah, that's right. I mean, I didn't delete it, which I would generally do with a lot of other games. So I see some potential. And, you know, playing with people, I know you don't play with people, but, like, playing with people has been, like, a lot of fun. I've had a lot of really good runs, a lot of cool people that uh, that have known what they were doing. We don't talk, and literally every single person I've played with uh, in Helldivers, I'm level 13, which is, like, it doesn't sound like a lot, but that that's, that's a pretty a good amount of time. Yeah. yeah, it's a amount of time. Literally every person I've ever played with, whether they are in the U.S. or in Asia, has had their microphone off. So, like, no one's talking, which I think is just fine. There's the emotes and stuff, and so, like, that's not a hassle. There's no trash talking. There's no trolling because if you troll the other person, it only hurts you because you need everybody to win. So there's yeah. no, you know, PVE or any shit or PVP or any shit like that. So it's been getting better and um, I think it's going well. And again, the only problem that they really seem to be up against now is number one, um, what are they going to do next? They have a lot of stuff they need to implement, like a lot of the the gear from First Helldiver isn't here yet. A lot of the missions aren't quite here yet. But also the servers, as you mentioned um, yesterday, all day, it was like servers at capacity, servers at capacity, servers at capacity, which I guess is a good problem to have. But also, like, let's get another server in here, you know, like stat, because like I was seeing tons of people on my feed who are playing and they're like, I can't get in. I can't play. I'm going to go play something else because I, I can't sit here and try to, like, refresh my console every 30 yeah. seconds, you know. So um, I will say, I mean, that's that's all I have to say, really, is like I think it's slowly getting better. I think I'm probably going to have to buy my wife a PlayStation I'm still playing a couple missions a day. It's not where I want it to be still. There's still a few things that really kind of irritate me about it and things that I feel like need to be better. But it still got me playing, which is more than some games can say this year. So I'm like so on the fence of making one more. I feel like all my videos are going to be alternate take videos and just say uh, Helldivers 2, I'm bored because that's what I am every time I go into the game. And I know you're going to say, or you might say, because you're not playing it with other people. It's because you're not playing with other um, people. I still disagree with that statement. The game itself, like we said last episode, still has to have something to draw you in. Sure. And, you know, all the missions feel the same. Even if I go up to higher difficulty, which I went to medium, beat some of those, they still felt like, the, you know, let's go in, do a thing, and leave. Sure, sure. So without a campaign, without something for me to care about, and all the upgrades don't aren't that interesting besides the jump... Um, I am bored. Like, I am actively I mean, bored. I hear you, but you are willfully ignoring the entire point of the game. So I believe you that you're bored, and I understand why you're bored, but you're doing it to yourself because okay. you're not playing the game the way it's meant to be played. Agree to disagree because there is – we played together. Like, mm -hmm. I no offense to you or to anybody I would ever play a game with. I There's no new value that comes to me from that experience. I mean, we were putting in work. We were like trying to get a thing done. And a couple of funny things happened along the way, but you know, that's kind of it. Like I don't I don't see the super added value. That's just me. I'm dead that's inside. That's totally fine. You're entitled to your opinion. I think you would be better off making I mean, number one, you should make a video cuz it's like the hottest thing going right now. But also, and you I'm should make a video all of all hate, the, the of all the funny deaths, dude. Like all the oh, deaths yeah, of like yeah. when someone drops a pot on someone or like when you know, like a, a guy throws a, a missile strike and it's too close to his buddy and his buddy gets like blown into bits. And like, I think that's what people want to see. That would be my guess. I mean, I think you should do one of those. And I think you'd uh, tap into something of the moment right now. Yeah, I'll uh, <laughs> I'll redownload it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and 
I seriously don't have it on my system right now. I'll re-download it just to get some deaths. Um, and you're right, that will be a funny compilation. But then on top of that, I might do the video because, again, it's just how I feel. And and other there's like at least a, three other people that feel the same way. So, <laughs> I mean, least. you're entitled to your opinion, man. That is for sure. That is for sure. So, all right, check it We're out. We're gonna move Hell on. Divers. We're gonna move on. Uh, so. Out of the blue, uh, a game called Outcast, which we have played before. We played the remake a couple, I don't know, like last year, year before, whatever. A remake of this came out. We both played it. I, You liked it more than I did, didn't we? Or what, do you, what was your I final take I think you're it? wrong. I don't know what you're talking about. No? You didn't play the, the remake that came out a little while ago? No. Or not a little while ago. Outcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one the that we played Outcast recently. Was... There's a new demo out. No, 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 I'm talking about the one before that. There was an outcast before that. Well, there's an outcast before that from 1999. Let's get that part. That was the original, but original. then they redid it. There was a there was a remake of that first game that came out like at least two or three years ago. You didn't play that? I no, thought we played I that. Maybe we did. We play so many things. I don't remember playing it. Okay, just as a quick recap, you're a dude on a planet, I don't know, whatever, adventure, sci-fi, blah, blah, blah. It was just like super janky and busted and broken, and it probably made a lot more sense and was more interesting back in the day. But it did not really work. I didn't have fun with it. And also the writing was really shitty. I remember there were a lot of being like really sketch writing in that. That was not cool. So uh, I definitely bounced on it. I, I feel like we talked about it. Whatever. I'm uh, not going to look in the archives. Okay, I'll look but... it up. But yeah. So this is like the sequel to that remake, I guess. But it's, um, it's, but it's just a brand a, new thing. Yeah, but it thing. isn't a new story. I think it's because I just saw a YouTube video of it shot for shot. And it shows the same bits. So it's a remake of the remake? It's a 1999 version. It's a remake of that. Uh, so it's a remake of the original version. Original version. And they ignore the remake that they made of that version. I guess so. Yeah, I guess that's it. Well, regardless, there's a game called Outcast, A New Beginning. Uh, they just dropped a demo of it uh, on Play. I think all the systems, I think. I don't all know about systems, Switch, I but think, yeah. PC, PlayStation, Xbox. I played it on PlayStation. You played it on PlayStation, I assume. Yeah. All right. Why don't you take us through Outcast? What is it? What's it about? Tell us everything, Carlos. From A to well, Z. there's not much to tell. It's okay. It's a we'll 1990- start in A and at B. Yeah, it's a third person uh, game f- made in 1999. So there's the updated version. So the graphics look better, the physics are better, all the kind of you know open world stuff you'd expect. It's semi open world in the fact that you know at some point you will fall into the water and you can't go too far. But it's these <laughs> chunks of map. Yes. You know, semi open world. I think. And there's like. <laughs> it's funny how you say that because I mean. That's just like real life, dude. At some point, you will fall into the water on Earth, too. I that mean, there's sure only too. so much Earth to go around, so it makes sense that a, a virtual world would have the same limit, you know? That's I think that's the name of the podcast in some way. Semi-open world. Semi-open world. You will um, fall into the water. Or we all live in a semi-open world. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, um, it just feels like there's they're maps, you know, they're, but they're not. They don't go on forever. And there's, like, missions to do. And I didn't, you know, the actual... Uh, demo has three parts, which is like gameplay, combat, and story. That was interesting, and they broke it up into three chunks. Yeah. I was not expecting that. I kind of dug it, actually. Um, but I also didn't play the story bit, because I really do want to play this. Um, and yeah, so I didn't even touch the story bit. I just did the exploration and combat. Same. I did the same. Oh, really? Okay, cool. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, it is what it is. It's it's a game like Just Cause, but almost more arcade so you think a good, that's a good pick because I was thinking just cause exactly yeah, as well. Just yeah, just cause because it has like a jetpack and you also float and you know that wingsuit thing where you can kind of like glide. Um, I hate all those kind of puzzles though, where like do something in a time zone, you know, and like quickly get through all the rings. That shit's in here, which I don't like. Um, but in general, it's like you know, rocket pack, glider, shooting, 
very light melee. I don't like the melee. It's pretty melee awful. Sucks, yeah. yeah, it's just like one punch. Yeah, and uh, you can't even do much with it. No. But just it just does feel like an updated version of the '99 game. Like nothing too much new is added, and that's kind of okay by me. Like my short kind of answer for the demo is that yeah, I still want to play it. Hopefully, it's cheap. I don't feel like it's like you know seventy dollar game, but I do like the idea of just kind of relaxing sometimes and not thinking too much, and that's what this feels like. Like it just caused arcadey third person game where you run around and shoot things. I enjoyed the shooting too. Um, and there's a few different guns or whatever, but yeah, it just feels, it's funny cause I, I'll be talking about Tomb Raider soon, but it feels like an old game remade. Like that's what it is. It's like crystals, you know, collecting crystals and yes. fucking points and shit. Like it's a video ass video game. That's right. Video game. Yes. Video game. How do we say that? Gamey ass video game. Gamey ass game. Yeah. Um, it just feels like, yeah, a 1999 game with updated graphics. That's kind of it. That's interesting. You're, you're actually much cooler in this than I thought you would be. I thought you would be much higher on this. I mean, it seems like you want to play it and stuff. I but, still want to play it. See, but like, the enthusiasm is not coming across in your voice. You sound like you're kind of already tired of it a little bit. No, I was, I'm not, though, because I would probably mm-hmm. like complete it. Like, I would probably, you know, fi- finish this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The minute I either get a code or I buy it when it comes out. So, like, yeah, I still want to play it, but that doesn't mean, like, you know, games can be mid, which is, you know, a huge thing for, like, titling of YouTube videos. This game sure. is mid. Right. It just feels like a good seven that I would play the shit out of. See, so, yes. Uh, I, I don't think you're wrong. So, number one, I don't... I've never played the 1999 one. I don't believe I ever played that one. But I did play the remake of the 99 one. And it played much differently than this one. So, I don't know what happened between those two games. But when I got to this one, I'm like, oh, this is way different than the one I played last time. Um, so, I don't know if this is true to the 99 one. I have no memory of that. But what I did play was basically like what you said. I mean, kind of like I agree with everything you said. But just with like more gusto, I think. I think I had a lot more fun with it hmm. um, because I really liked, again, the movement. I think in this game you have a triple jump with a jetpack. So if you need to gain elevation really quickly, you just jump, 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 and you get really high. So you can like glide anytime you need to. And if you're climbing a wall or a mountain, you can just get up it really quickly. You can get up to, uh, you know, just just climb structures and stuff. And I thought that freedom of movement was really fun. I thought the gliding was pretty fun too. Um, you kind of have to, um, they stop you from like gaining altitude in a certain way, which kind of made sense. So you got to be a little bit you know, strategic about it. But it was still very free, very comfortable to glide around. And it was just fun, like flying around, jump up, get some elevation, fly into like this little base, shoot some dudes, dodge a little bit. You can also glide on the ground. Did you try doing that? Yeah, that one felt weird to me. I was going to bring that up. It just felt like it was not designed right. Because like <laughs> sometimes I would do it the right way and then other times I wouldn't do it the right way and then you you know if you do it the right way which I don't know what that is still um you can just glide forever on the ground yeah 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 but I didn't understand how I got to that <laughs> do you know what I mean like what button press it was I'm not sure either it worked pretty well for me I didn't have a problem with it so maybe I'm not sure what's going on but like yeah basically you can use your jetpack and your wings or something and you glide like one foot above the ground and you can yeah. just like glide infinitely so it's like really fast traversal which i appreciated it looked goofy but also i just like how mobile your guy is like he's dodging and you know jet dashing and gliding and jumping it just feels like you're just all over the place in a good way like you can go anywhere you want to that's true and that felt really freeing and exciting and then like you said like 
the um the gameplay like you were collecting crystals like crystals you're getting showered in crystals like and I'm, i didn't even care what they were for it didn't matter but you know the shooting had a really generous auto assist which was great so you just kind of just generally point in the direction and then you were like uh flying up and around and getting into these these labs and stuff and it just it just felt like a really cool kind of like light light in the sense of like my brain wasn't like doing heavy lifting um you know like yeah, i talked exactly. about road warden last week where it's like that seems like a really cool game but like you have to really read it and pay very close attention and then remember like 85 different things at once and be very like immersed in it and focused on it. And if you can't focus, then it's just, it's hard to follow. But this is the kind of game where it's like, I like jumping and this game lets me jump a lot. And I like, I like jetpacks and I got a jetpack and then point me in a direction and I'm going to shoot this red dot on my map. And it's fun when I get there because I'm just dodging and shooting stuff and jumping up and down. Yeah, It just felt like very mechanically and stylistically very light and engaging and fun so i had actually a, a better time with it than i thought i was going to and i actually was kind of hyped for this i'm like yeah i could easily see myself playing this and finishing the campaign even because it just was so like light and breezy and energetic and fun yeah I, I agree i mean it's not like i'm i don't think i'm that much cooler on it um even though i said seven i don't know i just think i really like it like i really i knew i kind of would and then i played it and i did there's a couple of jank pieces, but in general, oh, definitely, definitely, yeah. um, that like hover and then shoot while you're hovering. That's fun too. I remember that. Like you can like use your jetpack and like you're aiming down sights like while you're floating. Hmm. It's just everything they do feels intuitive, pretty much, you know. And like I just was kicking ass. Like I just played the crap out of that demo. So I guess I'll you know make sure that everybody knows I do really like it. I just, um, yeah, it feels like it fits whatever that is. It's kind of like gamey game god i still feel like you've got a big butt coming really? it still sounds like you were just not high on this game dude like vocally maybe it's because i i was having a little <clears throat> bit of tough chime with the traversal even though i liked that i could go anywhere mm-hmm. i wasn't it wasn't responding the right way every time hmm. um interesting and also you know what it really because does come down to the fact that i do play so many open world games and i'm kind of right. used to a couple things and if they're not there i guess i'm maybe a little spoiled with that like what do you think you would like out of this one i mean who knows in the final version right but in the demo what do you think you were missing i, I should wait and play it because all right I, the main thing i'm missing is a story like i just played exploration oh yeah well i mean we both said we skipped the story and we sure skipped the story, story. Purpose. Yeah. yeah so there's story and then i guess in general i just kept i kept failing a little bit with my jetpack and wingsuit when i didn't want to fail hmm. you know like in just cause i will not fail ever like i'm like right. the master of just cause yeah from what's it called like um grappling hook to wingsuit to jumping on a plane to, right, right, to right. getting in a car like all of it i can do seamlessly oh sure and i feel like i wasn't able to do that here so i think you you drilling down is what is 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 that answer um, okay well that's interesting yeah. i mean maybe the full version will be different you know we only got a little slice of it maybe there's other options maybe there's different gear or something to kind of change it up a little bit so the gear could probably do it yeah 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 it's very possible i still want to but... play it i want to play it bad yeah, I had I had actually a surprisingly good time. I was not really excited about this until I played the demo. And this is one of the rare demos where I don't end up like taking it off my list after play. I'm like, actually, oh, no, wait, this is actually very exciting. I do want to play this. Nice. It is exactly what I want to play. And I'm very much looking forward to it. So that was a big surprise for me and a, a pleasant surprise. So there we go. Outcast, a new beginning. We played the demo. Demo still available. I don't think it's a time demo. So feel free to jump in and try that for yourself and let us know what you think. And we'll talk about it on the show at some point. We will, definitely. Um, all right, moving on uh, to a game that is 
garnering a lot of attention and a lot of love in certain circles. Uh, they're talking about it a lot in our one of our favorite podcasts, the Gaming in the Wild uh, Discord. They're talking about this a lot over there, which is kind of what got me fired up for it. And so I jumped in. I wasn't going to jump in, but they talked about it so much. They, you get caught up in the moment sometimes, you know what I mean? Like when people talk about a game, you want to be in the zeitgeist, everything's yep. hyping it up, and you get excited for things, and you, you're like, ah, maybe this is something I should play right now, and so I pop for it. Um, but you're play, you played it, I played it, and it's called Ultros. It is a 2D Metroidvania sci-fi-ish. Um, and I think the thing that people notice about it right off the bat is the graphics. The graphics are like eye-meltingly colorful and bold and kind of hand-drawn. Yes. It looks basically unlike anything else out there right now. So that is, I think, the biggest takeaway um, if you just take a glance at it. But Carlos, tell us a little bit your about your experience with Ultros. What did you think of it? Yeah, I remember seeing this trailer in one of those showcases, you know. Yeah, 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 the Sony whatever. Yeah, and I was like, wow, immediately, yes, 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 yes. Um, like you said, it's it's 2D, it's this art style, it's all hand-drawn and beautiful and weird. It's an acid trip. That's a good for explanation. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Colorful, alien, you're basically like, um, I don't know, an astronaut, some space person in a with a visor. Insect person with boobs. Wait, you are a person with an yeah. insect body? I don't know. It looks kind of insectile to me. Maybe you're not. I have no idea. I don't know. I ju- you're somebody, and you're on this wherever you are, dimension, planet, who knows? And there's just so much colorful alien stuff going on in this game. And as a left to right, like you said, Metroidvania-style game, I have you know, said this on the show many times. I don't want to play those games anymore. This is the exception because of the art style, because of the weirdness, um, and just kind of the just uh, home crafted. That's not a word, but like it's just it feels made with love and weirdness. Handcrafted, handcrafted, and like, but yeah, just like the idea of you know, like the hand drawn too. Like the the explanation of like items are all like it feels like it's taken out of a notebook. You know, like yeah, here's what this little alien is, and it's like hand drawn explanation of what the little alien is so i just it's such an interesting game it's kind of what i thought it would be which is confusing but at the same time you kind of enjoy the confusion it's basically immersing yourself in another reality it does feel like you're high (laughs) just by playing the game yeah and you go into this place you know the main controls which are left right jump attack dodge roll from the other metroidvania games but then they keep adding things Like there's the simple fact that you can plant things. If you find seeds, you can plant them, which give you bonuses or give you health items. And then, you know, the story part, which I always say is what hooks me, is interesting because, you know, they, at some point without spoiler, they uh, introduce other characters. These other characters say huge backstory. Like it reminded me of Elden Ring, which is like, here's a bunch of lore. You yeah. Try to yeah. keep up, and you're like, I'm, I'm just, my eyes are glossed over. I don't even know what you're saying. But you kind of just take it in. You know, I kind of enjoyed that. I just kind of took it in as an experience. And then um, the other thing I've got to mention is the music, so reminding me of Braid. Uh, wow, if you, that's if, kind of a deep cut for back. Yeah. To if you go back and play Braid, it's that same kind of like left to right kind of mind trip game. And they're using this kind of almost classical. It's almost alien classical in this game, but like classically type music and, you know, operatic and and, and majestic. And it felt like the same thing in this game. 
So I, I kind of got vibes of that. Um, and then, yeah, I think I'm kind of a love-hate relationship with what they do in this game, which I think is important to say, minor spoiler, okay, is that it becomes a roguelike um, based on the story, though. So there's a story reason why it's a roguelike. And for me, that goes a long way because I'm like, okay, I'll buy into it because of this reason. Uh-huh. Um, but if there was, it was just like, no, just get better, then I wouldn't like it. But there is definitely interesting things where I'm um, hopefully I'm not ruining it for you. I don't know how far you got, but you, when you do, let's say another, a map, maybe more than once, let's just say in a mm-hmm. roguelike fashion, it, time has passed and things are changed. Right. So that makes it more interesting to me. Um, so that's why I normally would hate that because I don't like roguelites in general, but I liked what they were doing, which is like, I didn't know what to expect. And then also new mechanics get added. Um, yeah, so I think that the overall version of how I'm on it is like, I still like it a lot and I'm still blown away by what it did in the beginning, which was just, you know, blow you away with art and weird and and I thought a really cool soundtrack. And it reminded me of Heavy Metal Magazine, which is no yeah, one's gonna bit, get that yeah. reference, but yeah, or AM Flux. Yeah. Um, and so I just like dig the vibe so much the gameplay was fine. I mean, you know, it's, it's something I'm kind of used to with dodging and attacking, but, um, I don't know. I, maybe I'm on the fence. Again, you don't sound too excited about it. This is the, the recurring theme of today is you say you like it, but you don't sound like you like it. Well, because I'm, I'm a little confused on how many times I'm going to have to do the roguelike part. That's, I think my, my big hesitancy. Probably many. Probably many. And you sound like you might be down with that. What are I don't thoughts? like this game at all. Oh, you I don't, don't like, like it this at all. game? Okay. Not even a bit. I feel like I wasted my money. Wow. I, I knew better. I knew better. This was on me. I knew that this was not going to be my jam because number one, I'm kind of I'm over roguelikes right now. Well, like, I, nope. I'm over more roguelikes yeah. and Metroidvanias. Or no, no, I'm sorry, I misspoke myself. I didn't mean to say roguelikes. I meant to oh, say Metroidvanias. Right. My bad. Yeah. Sorry, my brain is. Well, we right both now. are. We've said that, you know. Yes. So. I, I, I don't play every Metroidvania that comes out. I'm kind of tired of that genre. So I knew that was like one strike against it. Um, just just from me personally. Like I knew I was not in the market for another Metroidvania right now. Um, so, but everybody was like talking about it. It was so exciting. And the graphics, uh, the art style was so cool. I really liked the art style. A lot of people, like I think Heavy Metal is a good call out. People are comparing it to Mobius, the French artist. If you know Mobius or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like Keith Haring in, in certain ways a little bit too. The guy who was really popular during the HIV epidemic with his, his line art. It kind of reminds me of that a little bit as well. Um, so those are all very cool art styles. I think it looks like amazing. Like every screenshot is like a work of art that you want to put up on your wall, um, which is cool. But like, number one, Metrovania. Okay. Like I, I, I was hoping like it would be interesting and, and intriguing enough to kind of get me in. Um, but I feel like it's one of those games where like, they don't explain things to you very well. Like it's very mysterious, and you got to kind of like be okay with going along with that. But it, it feels a little bit to me like one of those games, uh, quick side note, like for me, one thing that really gets me off of any game is when I feel like a developer is like, I'm super smart and clever and I've created this like really unique puzzle and I need you to figure out what this puzzle is. But there's there's sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes it just feels like a little bit too arch for me. And I feel like this one feels a little bit too arch where I just feel like it's a lot of work for me to figure out what's going on. I'm not really invested from the get-go, and it just feels kind of like annoying. Um, Dude, can I just say that that yeah. sounds exactly like Braid? Yeah, I, I felt the same way about Braid as well. Yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm, I think I hit the nail on the head with that because yeah. it had that vibe to me. It was like, hey, 
we're in on this joke, you know, the developers, and just joke is the wrong word, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. this what is, is our that thing guy's we name? Made. Jonathan Blow? Jonathan Blow, name? yeah, yeah. Anything he makes, I hate, because he is the ultimate epitome of, like, I'm smarter than you, right? and I'm going to put this game in front of you because you're dumb, and, like... I know that's not what it is. I'm sure he would disagree with me if, if I was to interview him or something. But like, that's what it feels like to me is like, I don't feel like it's a genuine proposition. I feel like it's kind of this weird, you know, like, like, like braid, like, um, the witness, like, um, Fez, you know, like any of those games where it's like, you got to like work your ass off to kind of figure out what's going on. I just, I'm not really here for, I agree. I mean, I kind of agree, but at the same time, I've been on record that I love the ending of Braid, so I really like that I finished that game. I finished it too. I ended up not giving shit about it, but wow! I, how could you not like the ending? Just oh my goodness! Didn't it, whatever. Like long story. Okay, it's we'll long story. Get it. Anyway, so that and then I just think like it's very visually overpowering. I ended up turning down a lot of the visual effects because it was just too much. Like I felt like it was tough to tell what was what I was interacting with and what was not. Um, sometimes I would attack and then I would like hit something in the environment and get a, uh, like an item from it. And I didn't realize there was even anything there. Like I was hitting an enemy or something and I just happened to like hit like a, a chest, not a chest, but you know, like whatever something that gives the you background. It, yeah, it the background. It is confusing. Stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, it's all 2d plane. So you don't know what you can hit, you know? Yeah. I turned off like the motion, the, bl- the side screen blurring. I turned off some of the saturation. I turned off, I mean, I turned off like a lot of it to kind of make it more easy on the eyes. Um, it still is very powerful, even even with all that stuff turned off. It's still like a cornucopia of stuff to look at. But I had to, I had to scale it back. It was a bit much, um, so that wasn't working for me as well. And I think just like the very nature of just like the back and forth, I felt like the save points were way too far apart. And I very 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 minor spoiler, like save points are a part of the campaign. And I was like, I don't. <laughs> that's that's too far for me. I don't want to incorporate that into what i'm doing i just need save points right now because i need this to be like quality of life i need it to be easy and accessible um it just just none of it worked for me i just didn't have a lot of fun playing this i didn't like the combat i didn't like um basically anything about it i didn't like the upgrade system because like you said you hit a certain point you start doing the roguelike thing i'm not even sure if it's even a roguelike but i know what you mean like they kind of restart you mm-hmm. you lose all your powers you lose all your abilities you have to gain them all back. And like, I did this stuff already. Like, I don't want to do this again. And I understand the story reason. I get it. There's a narrative reason why they kind of make you do another cycle. I just don't care. I just don't want to do that again. I don't want to re go down and get the jump thing again. I don't want to have to get the weapon again. I don't want to have to like re- refill my skill tree out again. Like, I just like, I'm not here for that repetition. Um, so like basically everything about this game rubbed me the wrong way. And I was like, I, I don't care. I'm not, I'm out. I'm out. You got my money. So I guess good job. But Good job. I'm not going to play well, it anymore. To finish on that uh, skill bit, um, I did play long enough to know that you can lock your skills and you can mm-hmm. keep them. So after a while, I didn't, you, I didn't get that far. Yeah, you can keep them. It's like you know, it's a it's a credit or some sort of thing you get resource, you know. Yeah. And it says lock um, skill points. So sure. I locked the ones that I liked, which is like double jump and there, you know, some pretty cool ones later on um, that I like, like the down kick. You jump in yeah, there, yeah, you down kick. That one. Yeah. And that's how I beat the first boss. Is I just down kicked his head, uh, sure. or the bubbles on his head, or whatever. The tubes on his tubes, back, yeah. Or whatever, yeah. So like, um, yeah, I think I like it more than you. You like I, it way more than I do. But this at the same time, yeah. I'm, I am also like so burnt out, and I don't really want to do either of those two templates that I just said, which is roguelike and Metroidvania. But like a good example for people listening, just in case you're on the fence too, like when you go back through the the cycle, like you said, they do another cycle. Like the tree, like I mentioned, that I planted is like bigger now. Yeah. So then that tree lets you get to another place. 
and that that was just inventive to me like i thought that was kind of cool so yeah. i'd like to see what how it, the each each thing changes and if it's like wildly different it might be kind of fun but I'm kind of yeah on the fence a little bit. Yeah, I I, I I spoiled myself a little bit by looking ahead to what like what's coming up, and like the more I read, like the less I wanted to play it. So it could just be me. I mean, everybody I talked to, like most people I talked to, are in love with this game. There's a few people who said this is their game of the year so far, wow. and I I totally get it, you know. But it is just not for me. Like I don't like anything that it's doing. It's it's a little too. A little too idiosyncratic, uh, a little too persnickety. It's making me do a little bit too much. It's a little bit too repetitive. It's just like a little bit too much in every aspect, and I just don't want to invest that much time or effort into it. So I'm out. But a lot of people love this game. I could be very much an outlier on this one. But uh, so, you know, that's that's my particular take. Uh, yours is obviously different. And, I, and a lot of people I know really, really love this game a lot. So take that for what it is. Just know that, um, you know, it's, it's kind of a weird one. It's kind of a weird one. And again, I'm not like wildly more liking it more than you really you know i thought i would be i thought it'd just be all in and the beginning is definitely striking and you know you're like wow you know in the very very yeah. beginning yeah but then i just was like oh yeah i'm gonna be doing metrovania now and and a roguelike and i don't want to do either of those things so i don't know yeah i just got to that next cycle and i'm like i fucking don't want to do this stuff again like i just i hate repetition in general in any game ever and just to have a game where the core of it is doing cycles over and over and over it just didn't feel the way that a roguelike feels to me like a good roguelike doesn't trigger that in me um but games that re repeat whenever that that little thing happens where it's just like you're doing the same thing over i'm just i'm out no matter what game it is so yeah anyway that is ultros uh kind of a mixed review and and, and like i said a lot of people that i talk to love this game way more than i do so just heads up on that um carlos tomb raider little uh little known game little indie game little something never heard of before tomb raider yeah uh laura croft never seen that lady before uh there's a remaster of the original first three games one two and three which uh according to one of the people i was talking to at game critics they're doing a review for me right now and in their review they said that those three games the very first tomb raider one two and three i don't know if this is true or not it must be uh they said they were never available on any other platform other than sony platforms back in the day and this is the first time these are available. So I don't know if that's true, but I guess you couldn't play them on Switch. You couldn't play them on Xbox. And I guess they've been very difficult to play. Like you had to like find a PC copy at some point, wherever those came from, and mod the hell out of them to make them work and all this stuff. So mm. this is apparently the first time that the original three Tomb Raider adventures are available in a very easy to access format and the first time they're available on a number of platforms. So um, I played those games back in the day. I'm sure you probably did too. Yeah, but I never beat them because games were hard. Oh, no man, saving. you never beat those games. All right. I That's do. why I'm playing it. It's, it's part of my backlog. It's my oh, backlog. Oh, okay. Pick. Yeah. All right. I played I played those back in the day, and I finished them back in the day. And I will probably never come back to them because I got that experience, and I remember how hard those games were. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, But I am curious. What do you think of uh, the Tomb Raider remaster, one through three? Well, first off, I'll say that I just watched a documentary, or I'm watching it still, on Tomb Raider. Um, the first Is it on the disc? Games. No, no. It's on uh, YouTube. Oh. Okay. Uh, it should have been on the disc. That's a good idea. It was a YouTuber who made it. But, like, they were saying that, Lark, like, the first Tomb Raider was one of the very first open, like, open map 3D polygon-type games, like, ever. Probably very true. I remember um, when that first came out, it blew a lot of people away. And the guy who was responsible, Toby Gard, I don't yeah. think he's even responsible for the... He's not attached to Tomb Raider in any way. After he left Tomb Raider, he went out to do 
a different game, which was kind of like a weird fantasy pirate game, but it also was exploring open levels as well. I think that was something he was really into. So I, it's probably true. I believe it. Well, and they were saying the documentary, it was so close to Indiana Jones because that was the inspiration mm-hmm. that they, it was originally a guy and then they changed it to a, a girl to be kind of like different and differentiate themselves. Yeah. Um, and then also it was novel. It was like, oh, cool. We can have a woman protagonist and that's awesome. Um, and then everybody was on board, you know, and um, yeah, anyways, develop. I don't remember the name of that, but it's just look up Tomb Raider documentary okay. on YouTube. Um, but yeah, it was like I'd played them back in the day, probably one and two. I don't remember playing three. Okay. And I think I got pretty far at one. But at some point, man, the save save point system was, you know, rough. And nowadays in the new remaster, you can save anywhere at any time. Which is great. Which great is great. quality of life. Yeah, and it helps you actually beat a game. So I probably will beat all these one through three now. And again, this is my backlog pick, so I can actually say that I did it. Because yeah. we've talked about on the show, uh, the the there's three eras of, of Tomb Raider, or what is it called? Like, um, you know, timelines. And the first one is these three, right? The original. Then mm. they did like a remastering on the PC for the Tomb Raider games. Like you said, there were they weren't really available the originals, but they kind of did these kind of versions of them. And then the third timeline is the one that we played, which is all the newer Tomb Raiders, which I love them to death. Like the like the the one that started with. um, Are you talking about the more modern one where Lara Croft has like the bow and she gets like stabbed every five seconds with a metal pipe? Yes, and she's vicious. And I played all of them, and I think I beat all of them. Um, So I just really like those, and so. You know, for me, it is, it's kind of like a completionist to go back and actually finish the originals. So, yeah, what is it? It's like um, the graphics are better, not amazing. The controls are better when you switch them to modern controls so you can get rid of the tank controls. Even, oh, okay. even though yeah, you should talk about there. that a little bit because I bet most people haven't played those original games back then unless they're as old as we are. Right, I will. Um, but what I'll just say at the top is, in general, the graphics aren't like, you know, to write home about they're like like it should have looked in the beginning it's that classic thing of like how you remember the game looking right so you're not too impressed with the new visuals i was uh, i haven't seen them yet but they're not like stunning they're just good they're just they're like just okay. good yeah okay. and i mean that's how i can beat this game is because they look good uh, at times that you know they look way better than the original and you can tell that because interface wise you literally hit select button at any time um, is this on other systems, not just PlayStation? I forgot. What, this this game? Yeah. Yeah, it's on everything. Okay, well, never mind. You hit whatever button on your system, and you can switch back and forth at any time, real time, to the original. Like the old-ass like, PlayStation old ass. era, yeah. super blocky. Mm-hmm. And so that's really kind of cool to see the difference. Um, I don't do it too much, but it is nice to, to have that there. So when you see, you're like, well, okay, it's obviously way better but yeah, huge jump. I mean, yeah. It may not stack up to cutting edge today, but when you compare them oh, man. in real yeah. time, you can obviously see how far it's come, right? So then with the controls, um, yeah, they have both if you wanted both, but the modern is the way to go. And I heard right. a lot of people were playing this and didn't know that they could switch to modern, um, and they were having like a hard time. Oh, they were still doing the old style of tank yeah. controls where you had to like rotate your your turn and kind of yeah, go man. forward just think about yeah. resident evil right it was yeah, like exactly really hard and difficult thing and then on top of that you know they could only change the modern control so much because the engine itself they didn't really mess with too much so the point is when you switch to modern you can move around with your left analog stick and go as you would imagine in a modern game 
But then when it comes to the jumping, some of it doesn't work right. You know, some right. of it's still like the old school where walk, 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 jump, hold on to ledge because that's just how the puzzle was made. Sure, yeah. Um, other times you can run and jump in like you do in the modern games and it works. And I was like, oh, I'm going to beat the shit out of this game because when it works right, the modern controls, right. you're killing it. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm like doing way better than I did when I was a kid. Well, but, just to elaborate on that a little bit, I mean, yeah. just to kind of paint the picture, like I still remember playing these back in the day. And even though it was a 3D platformer in a in a semi-ish open levels, um, it was still based on a grid, right? And so like when you were doing your jumping, like all the jumps were measured out specifically to work with the old. T- so imagine Resident Evil 10 controls, but it's a 3D platformer. That sounds insane, but that's what it was. And so like you would have to like move Laura extremely carefully because you knew you could only get like one square of a jump or if there was going to be a ledge, like it would be like 1.5 squares. Yeah. And so you can't just like freely run around and jump anymore. I mean, if they're using the old framework, like you said, those those measured, careful, you know, geometrically accurate jumps are still in there. And that's how the entire game is built. So like you can't just, you know, parkour off walls and do like wild, crazy jumps. Like well, it's still got to it's still got to work. Well, I'm here to tell you, you can. Okay. You can do both. Basically what it is, is you're not wrong in the fact that like a huge chunk of the puzzle slash how do you get out of this level yeah. is what you said. That's still there, but you can run and jump with the modern controls anywhere at any time. So like they basically circumvented that and that's why it feels a little jank. Cause like- you have, can, they, have they added like like more generous grabbing and stuff? No, no, no. Like in the Nothing's old one. changed. Okay. See what I'm saying? Yeah. They just let you run around and go fucking nuts if you want. Right. But like- all the other parts, it's basically like uh, Two-Face or something. You know what I mean? Like Jekyll, Jekyll and Hyde. Uh-huh. It's like at one moment, it feels like a modern game. And then you hit a wall and it goes back to, you know, like okay. arms okay. up. And I got to do that 2.5D thing or whatever. Right, so it's right, like right. it's not fully there. But every once in a while, I just kill a jump because I could just go sprint to jump to tumble, you know, yeah, like a modern game. And it lets me do that. But then the next moment, if you remember that infamous where there's water at the bottom in the beginning of oh, like yeah, the first dungeon, moment, yeah. and you always die like a million times, or you keep falling in the water, at least I did, um, that's still there. And I, st- I kept falling in the water. Like it didn't matter mm-hmm. that I was good at you know jumping. So yes, it's kind of both. Um, and, and the roll, by the way, like modern rolls would be a roll forward, mm-hmm. but this roll is a roll backwards. Meaning like when you do the dodge roll, you turn your direction, and he, and she faces the opposite way. Oh gosh, I don't remember that. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. And yeah. what's weird is, I, you know, every modern game I dodge roll, and so I'll I'll run, jump into a dodge roll, and it works. But then I'm facing backwards. Backwards, yeah. And so it's like you know, one step forward, one step back when it comes to this game. That's a perfect explanation. Um, I'm still having fun, and I can save it anywhere. And I'm almost out of the first dungeon. You know, I just played like what, 15, 20, or 20 minutes or something. I just wanted to see if I would enjoy it. And I enjoy the shit out of it. It's like, it's better. You know, it's like a, it's like they say, it's, it's how we remember the game. Right. right. And it's not how it is. And you can see that at any, any time by just hitting the button. Um, and yeah, I think the quality of life stuff isn't a lot, but it's enough. The only other con, and this is noted by a lot of people reviewing it, for some reason, when they switch to the good graphics or better graphics, it's darker like the whole game is just darker mm-hmm. and i don't know if that's the, for atmosphere or whatever but sometimes you're just you can't see i've heard that yeah, yeah so what that. you have to do is you have to switch it back to old school 
to see the where you're going and then go back to modern. Like I've done that. Oh, okay. Or I guess just jack the brightness up on your TV. No, you, or yeah, it's not worth it. Doesn't it's work so much easier to quick, really quick go back to two, you know, old school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've done that a couple of times to see what's around the corner. Also, the other thing that's janky that's not change, it's a shooting. So even though everything you shoot, as long as you're aiming at it or facing it, because it's not really aiming, you're just facing it, it just auto shoots it. Yeah. But it's real junky or janky. It's like, you know, if, if five wolves attack you, you're getting hurt. You know what I mean? Right. There's yeah. no that was good like back way. Back in the day, you would just like Laura would would point at something on her own volition, and so you were kind of just like pointing the way her body was facing. Her body's facing, and yeah. then you just like you want to probably just jump around t- all the time, you're so you're jumping in the air as much time. as possible. Yeah, you're yeah. basically just dodging and then you know, holding down the button. So you just get hurt a lot, and then you use those medicine kits. You know. Yeah. Exactly. So I don't know. I mean, I think it's it's well done. The fact that it's one through three for thirty dollars is insane. It's like a f- insane value. Yeah, Ten bucks a game is a good deal. It's yeah. crazy. Um, so I just think it's super worth it. I, I would have liked the documentary in it. That'd been cool. But I'm gonna play through all of them. I'm gonna beat all of them because I know I can with a save system like that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just cool because there is rumors that the new Tomb Raider is being worked on right now um, from, I think, the same studios that did all, like, survival. Was it Crystal Dynamics? I think Crystal Dynamics still have it, yeah. Hmm. Uh, they were doing the, um, what was that last one? Shadow, Shadow of the something, Tomb Raider. I don't know. I haven't, I didn't. You didn't play oh, those, man. by the way? We talked about I, them on the show. No, I did play some of them. I, like, I felt like the violence um, in the first one was like way over the top. Like, it, it is over really... the top, but it's so good. I, I, it's on my list to come back to. I was going to give it another chance, but like, I just couldn't stand the torture porn of like how many times Laura like got brutally hurt in that game. Like, like I said, she was getting stabbed in the gut with like a metal pipe. Like, like every five minutes, something was stabbing her, or she was getting cut or something. And I get that it's like to show she's tough and a survivor, but it was like to the point of where I felt like it was like. Like almost misogynist or some kind of weird like I, shit going on that was just not healthy. And I mentioned that me too. Off. Yeah, I think we yeah. both agreed to that. Um, especially like when it comes to like guys attacking her. Yeah, like that felt was, weird. It was like a lot. But at the same time, one, you know, the gamer out there on the internet's like, get good and you won't die, um, <laughs> and you won't see those animations. But two, I'm playing the first one, uh-huh. and there's some horrific deaths. I mean, it's just pixels. So it doesn't hit as hard. Yeah. But yeah, I just yeah. missed a ledge and all of her legs broke. You know, like Yeah, she like crumples up. She into crumples like a up ball, and then yeah. like she got sliced by a thing and went down real gross looking and totally. impaled on spikes. So like they are like playing homage to the original because they really did start with that, which is like I mean, die horrifically. Not you're not wrong, but I think that there just comes a time when you just need to make a different choice. And especially with how how good the graphics were of that new modern Tomb Raider when they came. I'm mean, sure they're probably still good. I haven't played it for a while, but like, and I, you know, I remember just being like, like uncomfortable, like with right. how much she I was know. getting hurt and stuff. Yeah. So I don't, you know, that's, that's a discussion for a different day. So I, you know, I will, I have meant to come back to it because I did want to finish that trilogy. I never finished. I think I played everyone and I didn't finish any of them. Oh, wow. I played um, for whatever reason. Oh, uh, well, well, so, uh, so anyway. the shadow one is the best. So you could just start with that. You don't have to do the other ones. I would like you could to go back to that, but all right, that's it. Tomb Raider 1 through 3 remaster is awesome. I mean, it's worth the price. No, hands down. If you never played them, tech, check it out. If you did play them, still check it out. I'm sure you didn't beat all of them. I mean, maybe you're Brad and you did. I did, yeah. But, it, it would, If nothing else, it's an interesting view into where Laura came from. Like what those games 
used to be like how puzzly, how difficult. Yeah, um, yeah. It's not it's not what people think if you haven't played it before. I think we're too used to the modern adventure type. So yeah, check it out for sure. Check that out for sure. Okay, is that your last game for the show? Carlos? That's it. I got nothing else. Okay, I got two, and then we're gonna bounce here. The first one I'm gonna talk about is a quirky little indie called Birth. It was previously PC only, but now it is on the Switch. I think it's it's only PC and Switch. I could be mistaken, but I'm playing on the Switch. I got a email directly from the developer, who I believe is a solo dev. So thank you very much for that. Um, they were recommended because uh, John over at Gaming in the Wild uh, said he was in love with this game and he really strongly backed it and wanted me to check it out. So that's how we I got hooked up with the developer. So thanks to John for that and thanks to the developer as well. Um, this is a really interesting indie puzzle thing. Uh, I don't quite get what's going on. It's one of those where kind of like in media res where you kind of just like accept things for what they are. You're some kind of a weird animal skeleton person. Like you are, you look like you're undead, but it's just cool. Like it's not spooky or anything. It's just, that's how everything is here. We all have skulls for heads. Um, and, they, and they're like, I don't know, like mouse shaped or some kind of weird animal shape. Bird or maybe shaped just almost, I would say. Bird shaped? Yeah, yeah maybe bird, bird, bird skeleton, it feels like. Yeah, okay. Maybe that. And then in the beginning of the game, it's like, I'm. you say something like, I'm going to make myself a friend, uh, which, I mean, we've all been there, I'm sure. Uh, and so, uh, you know, you have to gather a bunch of bones and a bunch of organs. Oh, that's how I make, to, I make all my friends. I mean, same. Yeah. I mean, what else, I'm not sure what else you would do. So. I know. There's no other way. So then you just kind of like go into like, a, this is 2D hand-drawn art, kind of a point and click type interface. And you just start going around the city that you're in. Um, there's like a like a bakery. There's like a, I don't know like a coffee shop. A couple of other places you can go. Um, and full disclosure, I didn't I didn't finish this game. I just played a little bit of it. Um, and you just start doing these random puzzles. And the puzzles are just kind of like very abstract. I mean, they're not like super complicated, but they're also like you know you got to take a minute to figure out what's going on. So like in in the coffee shop, there's a, another s- skeleton person who's holding up a cup. And there's like a picture of uh, the drink that they want in the cup, but there's no text. It's just like a weird symbol. And so you got to find where in the coffee shop, where is the menu that shows the symbols and then find, find what that means. And then come back to the coffee making machine, which is like an espresso machine or whatever, but it's also got symbols on it. And then you figure out, okay, you want the coffee that has a bone and a spider in it. And then you like put a bone and a spider in it and then you give it to them. And then they give you like an eyeball. And then the eyeball goes to this other thing that's like, got i don't know strings on it you put the eyeballs on the strings then it comes together it gives you this other thing so it's like a lot of those kind of puzzles where they're just like figuring out what's going on you go to this uh this cooking this kitchen area cooking room yes it's called a kitchen thank you god damn it cooking room yeah cooking room yes um and so like there's like five different puzzles in there where like you know there's one where you have to like stack knives a certain way there's one where you're like stirring something so it's like you're kind of just like taking it for what it is just going with the flow kind of clicking on all these different puzzles and just like trying to figure it out as you go and getting enough of these parts. And when you get a good part that you need, it'll go back to your part screen and it'll show you, oh, you needed like nine bones. You put down one of the bones that you have and it fills in that slot. So you know how much you've got left to go. Um, I think I probably got about halfway through it and I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it. Um, But as we kind of alluded to earlier, I'm not a big fan of puzzles where they just kind of like exist. Um, I didn't, I mean, honestly, I just didn't feel a lot of motivation to play it because I wasn't really invested in what was going on. I kind of felt like, it's, it's like when you're not hungry, like you're just chilling, you're not hungry, and then someone puts down food in front of you, and it's like, I could eat it. I could eat. But um, but I'm not super hungry right now, and I could also just leave it, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just like, I'm not starving for this particular dish. 
I wasn't in the mood for this particular dish, but here it is. And there's nothing wrong with it. I think it's fine. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of people have really been liking this one. I think it's really charming looking. I like the art style very much. I think the approach is certainly unique. I mean, making a friend out of various bits is is nothing that I've played recently. Um, it just, I just didn't like the punch of puzzles dropped in my lap without me properly feeling drawn in or, or attached to it or invested in it. So I, I think it's great. I think it's really quirky and cute. And um, it's definitely like a vibe for sure. You know, I bet a lot of people will like want to cosplay as these characters or like will really will really like it. You know, I think it's mm-hmm. going to hit hard with a certain type of person. But that person is not me. Um, but I do think it's good and I, I, I think it's well done. It's just not my vibe. So um, that was it. That was birth. Um, didn't finish it. But I, I think if you're in the mood for a quirky, weird, puzzly sort of adventure, which is pretty chill and definitely vibey, this is a good way to go. Yeah, it looks. I love the art style, and yeah, um, the art style is very cool. I'll say this real quick tangent um, before your next one, is that it just occurred to me as you're like explaining a game that you don't know if you like. It's kind of interesting. You like parts of it, and it's like, okay, just bear with me here. Yeah, because like I said earlier, games are just a thing now. They're not like proving themselves. It's just like a media, right? It's music or it's movies or it's just TV like show. books and movies. Just a yeah, thing. It's that a we thing. Do. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we are old enough to remember when that wasn't a thing. True. Um, but it's almost like it's kind of weird not to not to shut down the whole idea of reviews, which I've actually done before. But like it is, it's interesting to me to hear you talk about that one, which is like just kind of okay, because it's almost like there's so many games that come out, just like there's so many shows and movies that come out. It'd be like if we had a podcast about TV shows, let's just say, which we both mm-hmm. watch a lot of. Sure. And we just, wa- you know, we talked about um, a show that we didn't ne- necessarily think we might like. Mm-hmm. And that's what it sounds like when we talk about games that we're like, uh, okay. Because it's like, it's just kind of the same thing. It's like, I don't necessarily want to watch the next whatever um, Game of Thrones type series, but let's talk about it. Cause you know, it came out. Right. It's just so right. weird because there's so much that comes out now that it is, it rivals, you know, TV shows and movies and anything that comes on Netflix. It's like, there's just so much stuff to talk about. So I guess the chances are now that we might, you know, not like, there's a lot to that it can fall in the middle zone is what I'm saying. I think that's actually a really interesting and, and accurate point, dude. I'm glad you brought that up because, and I fully agree. And if we look at the numbers, I don't know this for a fact, but my gut is telling me that probably way more games come out than TV shows or movies or right. probably That's even what music, I was saying right? When like, I, was I feel like we're that. drowning yeah. in it. Yeah. There's so much. And I, you know, I think I don't want to become like a genre podcast, right? Like I don't want to only review roguelikes. I don't want to only review uh, turn-based tactics or whatever. You know, I'm sure you don't want to only review thir- you know, open world exploration games. You don't want to only review games that have a good dodge roll, you know? So it's like, you got to be open to other things. And I think like, you know, sometimes you try a show that you're not sure that you like, you know, like like Abbott Elementary. I wasn't sure that I was in the mood for another sitcom about a school, you know, when I started watching it. And I started watching it. I'm like, oh, this is actually great. I love it. It's great. But then I could have started watching, you know, any of any of a number of other sitcoms and it might not have clicked the way that that one did, you know, or mm-hmm. I, I could watch, uh, you know, any of the like, you know, you have to be kind of open to things. And I don't want to just say, well, this this game is not a roguelike therefore i'm not going to bother reviewing it because i already know it like you don't know that you don't like other things you don't know that you don't like them until you try you know like so you have to give things a shot with so many things coming out i mean there's just so much to choose from so i feel like i get what you're saying if we were like a horror podcast 
and we only watch horror movies and then we, we reviewed like the Barbie movie and we were both like ah oh, the Barbie movie sucks which it doesn't suck I liked it but you know what I'm saying like if we if we were like very vocal about only liking horror and we reviewed something that was clearly not horror and then we bagged on it that wouldn't make sense but I, I don't think this is what we're doing here and I'm not saying this is what you're saying either it's just like I, I want to keep our options open I want to explore new things you never know what your new favorite thing is going to be yep and so you got to try um, but also yeah sometimes things are just not going to hit and I feel like this is kind of one that didn't hit for me even though I think it's fine, and I think a lot of people would really like it a lot. Right, but it's it's less about that particular game and more about, like, it's just, yeah, like, the chances are, because games are so widespread and there's so many genres, yeah. that if we're going to be open to it, which I agree is important um, to any type of, you know, experience in game, then we're just, yeah, there's going to be more chances for them to be, like, in between or mediocre or whatever. Yeah. It's no, just you're because right, dude. Yeah. it's like, yeah, like, and I remember back in the day when you had, like, a handful of games that came out at all that year for that console and you're like you know it was just a different thing so no anyway. you're right dude i mean if if with as many games as are out there you're exactly right that like the the, the likelihood that you're going to like every single thing that you play unless i mean unless you're self-selecting out like if you like first person shooters and you don't play anything other than first person shooters then probably your likelihood of liking those games is going to go up because you're like excluding everything else out there but if if like us you're trying to have a wider palette i mean the the odds that you're going to like everything you play have have to fall like mathematically they have yeah. to fall so oh to that end real quick if anybody has youtube music which is what i use i actually use it more than spotify i don't mm-hmm. use spotify at all anymore really uh just for podcasts which is ours is on and we think yeah. spotify is great um but youtube music has a great algorithm for you know the music that you like and what i do is there's um and this is a real big recommendation it's usually at the end of the show but i'm doing it now is there's a super mix, which if you hit that button, it kind of plays a lot of stuff that you've already listened to and liked. But there's another one that's called um, new releases mix, which goes off of your likes, but it gives you all new stuff to check out. And to that that point of like, you know, I would never know that I liked whatever band or, or artist or whatever if I didn't hear it just kind of given to me. So I highly recommend the new release mix on YouTube music because it will do what you just said. Well, it's interesting that you say that Carlos, Is because it? what are we, if we are not something that recommends things to people who like what we like, that's exactly what the show is about, right? Yeah. Like, people who listen to the show for a long time, I'm guessing will have a pretty good bead on the kind of games that you like. And people like, likewise, will have a pretty good bead on what I like. And if you like what I like, or if you like what Carlos likes, whenever I recommend a game or Carlos recommends a game, that's the same thing as hitting that YouTube new new game button instead of a new music button where it's like we filter this stuff for people and we go through the new releases you know we play the games because we get a lot of free codes we're not you know emptying our bank accounts every month and so like you know we go through this stuff and we try to recommend so we try to do that same service so it's interesting you brought that up because i think we fulfill a very similar pocket except that we also have to talk about the games that we also maybe didn't connect with uh as well right yeah but that happens in the mix like if you get the new release mix you'd be like i'll skip that one yeah, you know, because it just happens. But, anyways, uh, okay, there's my tangents over. All right, there we go. One final game to talk about, and it's kind of a big one. Uh, Banishers: Ghosts of New Eden oh, coming yes. from Don't Nod. Yeah, this is their new release. Uh, I know a lot of people know Don't Nod for just basically like Life is Strange, and they've come up with like, what was it Jusant recently? The Remember artistic... Me. Hello. Remember... Well, nobody remembers Remember Me. I that was do. their first game, and, and I, I liked remember it. it. I remember. I 
Liked you didn't like it. it. I liked part of it. Yeah, I liked a lot of it. What's crazy? Okay. I liked a little bit of it. Anyway, Don't Nod is surprisingly diverse as a developer slash publisher. And I don't think that I, people have kind of forgotten that recently. They they do more than just like the the emo sims of like, you know, Life is Strange and stuff. And I don't say that derogatory. Like those are good. Like I'm not saying that in a bad way. Um, you know, they, they don't just do artistic stuff. They do other stuff as well. Like, I mean, Vampire was from Don't Nod, which oh, that's I loved. True too, yeah. And I, I liked thought Vampire was yeah. great. I had a great time with Vampire. And so this is them kind of going back to their Vampire uh, roots, where it's like third-person action, larger worlds, like more adventure But it's also got the same Don't Nod stuff. Like, I can think of few people in the industry right now who spend more time on character and story than Don't Nod does. And they generally do a pretty outstanding job of it. So I do want to give props to that. Um, so what is Banishers? Banishers is a story of two banishers they are basically ghost banishers it's a guy and a girl the girl's name is antea i believe and she's black and the guy's name is i don't know red or something like that he's like a scotsman or something and this is like in the 1700s so they're partners antea is the um the lead ghost banisher she's the expert the guy is the apprentice but they're also like lovers and so they're kind of a couple but they're also like partners in ghost banishing they get summoned to like the new england coast because one of the friends is like a preacher or a pastor there. And he's like, oh, man, we got ghosts up the ass over here. We need some help. And you got to come help us out. And so they they t- get on a ship and they it, the journey takes a really long time to get there. And by the time they get there, their friend is dead and the, the town is just like fucked with ghosts. And so they need to like help clean it up. It's really story heavy, though. It's not like I mean, it's kind of an action game, but not really sort of. It's kind of like one of those weird in between things where. You play like, and there's like a big twist. Like, okay, so well, I guess I, I should I, say, I was just gonna say the twist is in all the trailers, and you didn't even mention it. I think well, we can say it, can't we? Kind of. Let me. Let me. Okay. So, spoiler warning. Let me just say a spoiler warning because in case people don't know, okay. in case you haven't been following it, in case you want to discover for yourself, I don't want to spoil anything. Even though the game gives a lot of this way in the in the early in the early hours, but um, so just spoiler warning. I'm going to talk about parts of the story of this game that also have a very direct result on the mechanics. And I'm not going to spoil it right now until after the spoiler ring, but I will say, if you've played Vampire, they're kind of doing that same trick again. So if you know what that trick is, then you know what I'm going to talk about. If you don't know what the trick is, then I don't want to spoil it for you, but I'm going to say right now, spoiler warning, um, and I'll say if you're not going to stick around for spoiler warning, I ended up not liking this game very much. But okay, um, let me get to the rest of it after the spoiler warning, and I will go into greater detail. So now, spoiler warning, if you don't want to be spoiled for Banishers, then bounce, and that's really all we got left except for the... TV and movie stuff we'll get to in a minute, but maybe fast forward like 10 minutes or something. Longest like spoiler warning in advance I know, ever. in history, I know. Okay, okay, so spoiler warning over. So basically, when you get to this town, you start off playing as Antia, but then she gets killed like pretty quick, and she becomes a ghost herself. Yes, there you and go. And then you take over as Red, the Scottish guy, but she's not gone. She becomes like your ghost companion, and so you go through the game um, with Red as being the main character, uh, doing like dodge rolling like sword play um that rpg ish stuff. stuff it seems like yeah action rpg ish kind of stuff yeah um and antia you can switch to her and she's a ghost and so she can do like punches and other types of attacks where she'll ha- she'll be more effective against like possessed enemies and spiritual enemies and he'll be more effective against like physical enemies but you know it, it goes either way like you're not you're not screwed either way uh you can be anybody you want to be but you like switch back and forth between them um, so that's one that's one mechanic. Um, so the other mechanic that I alluded to with the vampire thing is like really early in the game, like really early after Antia gets killed, 
the dude is like, oh man, I love you so much and I can't stand that you're a ghost. I want to bring you back. Is there any way? And the ghost is like, yeah, there is. But it's like super dark and evil and nasty and we shouldn't do it. But do you want to do it? And I'm, nice. like, I'm like, what the fuck are you? You just spent an hour telling me how evil and bad and wrong and horrible this process is. But you're still saying it's an option. And like very early in the game, they make you commit. They're like, do you need to, you need to swear an oath right now? Do you want to bring her back? Which is the bad thing they tell you 10,000 times not to do. Or do you want to just let her go and ascend her up to heaven when your, your adventure is over? And they, they beat you over the head with it. Like really like over and over and over. Like it's bad. Don't do it. It's bad. It's terrible. It's bad. But do you want to do it? Like what the fuck? Of course I don't want to do it. You're telling me a thousand times I don't want to do it. I can't imagine anybody in their right mind unless you were doing like an intentionally evil play. Oh, that you would do it. I, I mean, would do it. It's just, it's just, it's bizarre. I would 100% um, do it. Are you kidding me? You can I bring mean, someone back to life. I'm doing it. But they're like, it's bad and it's wrong and it's not. I mean, you can I'd only imagine it's going to be like a like a pet cemetery type situation or something. Oh, like that, it can right? get gross and creepy bad. Yeah. So I'm, I'm assuming it's not going to work out in the end. Why would you bother doing it? Anyway. Okay. So that's the thing. But like they. So, okay. So then you're going through this world. Um, you're picking up like a lot of herbs, a lot of plants and stuff that you need for rituals and whatever. It feels like busy work. I feel like the levels are too big. You're wandering around. Like there's just a lot of guff that you're getting through where it just feels like you're fighting these ghosts and zombies that show up and the combat is real jank. It's not good. It's not exciting. It doesn't really even make a lot of sense. Like you're just fighting zombies at random out in the woods and stuff. It just feels like just busy work. Um, you'll come across these people who are haunted. Now, this is not in your main campaign. I'm not even sure if you have to do these. I think you can maybe just skip them if you want to. But like you'll come across like these people in the woods who are haunted. Like the very first one you get to is a guy who um, has killed his friend and ate him. And so like you need to figure out, did he do it maliciously? Did he do it because he just was starving to death and he thought he was going to die? Like you got to figure it out. And so you can solve these like side haunting cases. Mm. And then when you solve them, you can decide, uh, forgive them, which leads towards your ghost girlfriend going to heaven. Or do you steal their soul and that goes towards your ghost girl becoming, um, you know, re- revivified or resurrected okay, or whatever. Okay. So, but like a pretty clear bad or good. And unlike vampire, like in vampire, you were a vampire. And so if you chose to eat everybody, you would get an immediate buff to your, your stats. Like you would be stronger. You drink their blood. You'd have uh, more options, more abilities right off the bat. But the downside of that was... You were corrupting the world because the more vampires you created, the more people you ate, the worse the situation got. Like disease would spread, more monsters would show up, evil vampires would show up. Like you were ruining the world. And it actually like affected the remember, like you could like um, knock off storylines and stuff like that. Yeah, you could lose entire storylines by eating the wrong person. Right? Yeah. But if you if you chose to not eat people, you were physically weaker. You had less options, less abilities, less stats, but more people survived. You were able to guide things toward a better outcome. And that system made perfect sense to me. I thought Vampire was great. Like the combat was kind of jank and there were some problems with it. But like the core concept of that vampire struggle was like really, really good. I do not feel it is equally compelling here because from the get go, they tell you they beat you over the head. It's really bad to bring your girlfriend back. You probably shouldn't do that. And as long as you're like, yeah, I don't want to do that. Like the rest of this just doesn't really... It's just not compelling in the same way. Like, it doesn't really affect you. It doesn't really bother you. It's just about that end goal 30 hours later, which cutscene you're going to see, right? Yeah, so it doesn't yeah. feel as compelling. I will also say, just from a moral standpoint, I was really put off by the fact that the girl has to die in order for the story to continue. I'm like, really? Are we going to fridge her and to, to get this story moving forward? Like, it could have very easily been the guy that got killed, and that would have been fine, because in every story in history up until this point, it's always the woman gets killed, and it's like, it's so cliche. Um, 
I think it would have been fine if the woman got uh, got to play as the main character and the guy was the ghost. That would have been equally good. And I just was really kind of put off that she got killed off the bat. Very cliche and really un un un. What am I trying to say? It is it is unexpected for Don't Nod, who I kind of expect better from. Well, I mean, um, all of their a lot of their main characters have been women. Uh, yeah, Vampire and a lot of them are that. queer. I mean, not vampire, but like a lot yeah. of the other ones were. It so. just seemed like a very like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you killing the woman off? That's just a really not typically don't nod thing to do and i thought it was really a bad choice and i didn't care for it that much but but bottom line it's just like you're going through a lot of like walking through areas back backtracking to find certain items that are just they don't feel like important it just feels like eh, it's a hoop to jump through i gotta find this rope because i can't get down this cavern like whatever whatever you're finding a lot of stuff you're picking up a lot of stuff and then you can do these little hauntings where again you're finding stuff oh this guy is haunted find three items that explain why he's haunted and then you read a couple journals you make the decision. It just, it doesn't feel very compelling. Um, it doesn't feel very interesting. I kind of wish they'd gone a different direction with it because the combat is not great. And so the combat sections are not fun. And it's like you're doing a lot of backtracking, walking and combat. That's not great for the story, which isn't as compelling as what they've done in the past. And so I don't think any of it really clicked with me. Like none of it really feels worthwhile. And I've heard from people this game takes 20 or 30 hours to get through. And I'm like, oh, okay. hell no, okay. no way. All right. Two questions. Yeah. First question before I have my uh, feedback is, do you feel, I don't know how long you played, but do you feel a lot of the articles I've read, yes, I read articles about this game, uh, you know, written word. And um, they were talking about the love story being the, the key component and the fact that uh -huh. they did seem to pull off this, you that you care about these characters' connection. Did you feel that at all? I mean, a little bit. I will say the voice acting was really good. It was excellent voice acting. And... I just, I mean, I didn't click with the characters right off the bat. I didn't feel immediately connected to them. But uh, I'll put it to you this way. If there was a, a YouTube supercut of the cutscenes, like, I would watch it. Because yeah. I think watching that story is good. But it's not good enough to get me through all of the busy work I would have to do to get to the next cutscene. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? yeah. Because it does feel like Vampire and the fact that, like, or Vampire, because, you know, they're not, if you look at Life is Strange, look at the other games, they're about to tell them the story and the yeah, characters. Yeah, yeah. But then they started doing this combat thing that worked if you remember i just re-reviewed vampire uh, on the show and i said i enjoyed the combat i was like it's yeah i know i know what to expect going in it's not going to be the best action rpg in the world yeah but it, the leveling felt good like i felt like i was getting stronger and i you know got new abilities and stuff sure, sure. but it, to your point in that world it was a small world yeah right? it was very small city uh, little towns little you know it was easy to go to each map and just do some stuff that go back to the story um, so what I'm expecting is that they kind of tried to go outside of their comfort zone and make a huge open world. Oh, what was the name of our podcast? Um, semi open world, semi open world, right? Yes. <laughs> and then that's too much for you and probably for some people. Cause like, they don't want to do that busy work for me. All the things you said just now, it, it did the opposite and actually sold me on it because I do like that. Like that's one of my favorite things to do is just grind a little bit. So if I could do that and then also get some good story bits, fuck, I just played through Suicide Squad and I didn't like the combat that much. Like it was, right. you know what I mean? So I, I hear what you're saying, but my gut know. is telling me that you're not going to like this game. I but, don't think you will. But okay, I'm so confused because everything you said is like Vampire, but in my mind, better. Nah, in my mind, it's worse. It's worse than like. Well, the consequence worse. seems worse and the fact that there isn't really any consequence, right? But I know for a fact, but you just saying all that stuff, I'd play the, the dark role and I'd want to bring her back. 
So. I mean, I mean, give it a shot. But my gut is saying you're not going to like this one. I feel like it's it's Man, in Vampire the levels were much smaller, but even in that game there was too much backtracking and too much like not enough like ease to get across um, the world. And they've just made the world bigger this time, right? Which right. I don't I really care for. But man, um, did I love when I went back to that game? I was like, this is incredible. I mean, I love Vampire 2. I like that one a lot, but I feel like this one is not as good as that one. I mean, it, the graphics are better, less less glitchy, less janky. I mean, it's more Just polished, selling me again. Just selling me harder. But it. I just don't think it has the same spice. It doesn't have the same vibe. Like, it did not... When I played Vampire, I was like in, like from the beginning. I'm like, oh, this is really interesting. And this one, I'm like, mm, yeah, nah, okay. not hitting to me. So, I mean, do what you want to do, but my gut is saying this one's not a Carlos game. But I could be wrong. I, I would like wrong. it to be not sixty. I think it's sixty dollars right now. Yeah, I would I love it to be I, a thirty dollar game. I played about five hours of it, and at that point, I'm like, I'm good. Like, I know I can see what I will be doing for the next twenty five hours, yeah. and I don't, I don't want to do that. So, okay, so I think I still might want it, but at the same time, here's my last tangent of the show. Can you lend me your copy? <laughs> Remember when you could do that? That was back in the day. Wasn't that such a good time back I when you know. could give somebody let like, borrow, let them borrow? Literally, you don't want to play it anymore. You could literally give it to me, but you can't give me your code. If there was a way, if there was a way I could give you my code or like transfer my digital there ownership of my be. game, I would absolutely give it to you without no hesitation. Are we I would love are, to give it are to we you. shark tanking right now? A business idea that I should do after this podcast? I mean, it'll never work because the corporate overlords will never let it happen, right? It's all about profit. So. Well, they said that about Lyft and Uber and uh, Gamefly. I mean, you just got to make the proposition good enough. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to think about it. If there is a way I could give it to you, man, I would totally give man, it to I you. Man, I want but, your you know. copy. That's so crazy. Yeah. I mean, okay. half the games I play for this fucking show, I would give away afterwards because I don't ever come back to That's them. That's right. I would love to like play these for the show and then just like digitally transfer them to you or to the listeners or to whoever i don't need these games. i'm not going to come back to them i don't need these games i wish i could give them to somebody oh my goodness that's a i'm making the business i'm making it all right do it okay all right done well that is banishers um it did not click with me at all i, I played about five hours and bounced i i see what they're doing and i will watch the supercut of the story scenes but the gameplay did not win me over i don't think i'm going to play 20 30 hours of that so i'm out um, and that is it. I and just started the download. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> I'm I'm lying, but I I feel like I want to start the download. All right. Well, if you play it, circle back and let me know. Gosh, so, damn it, sixty dollars though. Okay. I don't. Um, uh, all right. Anyway, that's it for the main portion of the show. Just a couple more things before we go. We usually talk about TV, movies, uh, other peripheral stuff. I got a few things to talk about. Carlos, what do you got this week? Just one thing is um, I, I used to do this in the show, but like um, I'm going to talk about Small Land next week. Just so Yeah, yeah knows. I'll jump into it and too. And you'll yeah. jump into it too. Um, the the early uh, reviews, because it is out now. Yes, it's out. Yes. Yes? I'm pretty sure it is. I think it is. But yeah, I won't say a review, but I'll just say that I'm still playing it. And then also, I'm watching the shit out of, which I think don't think anybody ever says, but um, so Narcos, are you familiar with the Narcos series? I'm familiar with it because you talked about it last episode. Did I? That is the only way I'm familiar with it. Are you sure I mentioned it last episode? You did because then you talked about Sofia Vergara with a fake nose. No, I mentioned in- I mentioned uh, Griselda. Griselda, but you said Narcos because it was related to it. Okay, so, but now what I did is I finished Griselda, which okay. is fucking incredible, so everybody should watch that. Okay. But if you dig that and you dig Narcos, Narcos, I didn't know, made a spinoff series. Uh, isn't Griselda the spinoff? No, 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 it isn't. It's just like same of the same producers. Oh, okay. Narcos is uh, Narcos Mexico they made, and they made it a while ago, and they made three seasons of it, 
And I'm so all in, dude. I mean, whoever is working on it, all the people working on it, it's just the Narcos series in general, the producers, incredible directors. But like all the cast is amazing. Some recognizable people in the second season, but I'm in the first season right now. It is beautiful. It's a lot of reading Spanish, but you know, I hablo español un poquito and I can like comprehend some of it. Like reading Spanish, like the subtitles are in yeah, Spanish? Yeah, subtitles, everything. You know, it's it's a mainly Spanish show, but like... Wait, 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 wait. To clarify, subtitles are in English or Spanish? Subtitles are in English. Okay. So I'm reading a lot okay. of English subtitles, Re- okay, but gotcha. I'm listening to a lot gotcha. of Spanish. Gotcha. Did I say I was reading a lot of Spanish? Yes. And I'm like, well, wait, I don't know how to read Spanish. Right, That's right. not going to work for Even me. Even I would have a hard time with that. Okay. Um, but no, no. So it's like I'm reading the sc- you know, a lot of subtitles, but I'm also like catching you know, what I do remember, you know, like some words. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and, and man, they speak it fast too. Um, but man, oh man, is it fucking great? It's like, it's like one of those things where you don't want it to be over. You know, it's like each episode is about 50 minutes. So it's well, long. What do you like about it? What's good about it? Well, the acting's incredible. Uh, everybody just toured a force. Like it just feels like it really happened. Like they're going off a real story too. Right? And this is just like about like a drug cartel or something. Yeah, it's it's drug tar- drug cartels unionizing basically. Like one <laughs> one person bringing together a bunch of uh, drug cartels in Mexico, which had never happened. And all this is based on a real life story. So I love anything that's close to basically just getting a peek into what happened on this planet. Right. Uh-huh, like uh-huh. I'm a history buff and all that kind of stuff. And so. Yeah, it's just watching that, but obviously, obviously dramatized and stuff. And if you liked original Narcos, all that kind of stuff, you'll love it. But yeah, I think it's just the performances, the writing, and the way that they do that kind of beautiful, it's 50 minutes, about 30 minutes in, you're going to have a big kind of problem or like climax or something. And near the end, they're going to kind of tease the next episode. Gotcha, like they just gotcha. do such a good job of it. So okay, fucking hell, man. I would have never even thought about it. If it were not for Griselda, like I like that so much, I went back to it. And on Netflix, you know, they have all these uh, different uh, spinoffs. Also, they have Chapo, which Chapo is in Narcos Mexico, who is a famous, you know, drug guy. Um, yeah, I'm like enamored with it. Also, I'm like, uh, you know, brushing up on my Spanish. And you're dr- brushing up on your, your drug lore, apparently. You're going to become the expert oh, yeah. on, like, I guess, drug cartel information. Well, so. I'm going to be the, the drug lord of um, game codes. I was going to say I have YouTube videos. <laughs> oh, no, no. But of game codes. I'm going to like be like smuggling co- codes. That's why, I, you know. Oh, man. Well, they're very small. You can fit a lot of them up your butt, I guess. So you will get across have to the border, the no butt? problem. You know my history. <laughs> You're talking about smuggling drugs, man. That's the go-to for every mule. I'll put them in a bag. Jeez. Put them in condoms and swallow them? I, I, I would do that instead. <laughs> I'm glad right, no one to... hears the end of this episode because no one listens to the end. That, no one listens to it anyway. We're just talking to ourselves here. Do you got anything else to that's talk it, about this week? It, that's it. Okay. Um, I want to welcome Quantum Leap back. I believe this is season three or maybe 2.5 or whatever. Uh, they took a little break and now they're back. I love Quantum Leap. The new Quantum Leap is great. It started off a little stiff and slow, but they found their groove pretty quickly. I love the new main character. On the show, his name is Ben Song. Uh, I don't know what his acting, his real actor's name is, but he does a great job. Everybody in the cast is great. And this week's episode was really nice because it was kind of like a little treasure hunt episode, like kind of an Indiana Jones vibe to it. But at the same time, they did um, work in a lot of non-binary issues. They've had some queer writers on the show a couple times in terms of individual episodes. I'm not sure about the directors, but um, queer stuff has come up a lot on that show. And one of the main characters is also um, like a non-binary person, obviously non-binary. Ian, who is the 
uh, computer expert is non-binary. And I just really appreciate that they, even though this is like set in a period, like it happened in the 50s, this episode or 60s or something, when that wasn't really, um, you know, open or talked about, they did take a minute out of the show to to show that one of the characters was non-binary. They addressed it for a minute, they talked about it. And then because Ben is from the future, he brought his future perspective to these characters back in the day. Mm. And so he gave them vocabulary and a perspective that they were wanting but didn't have. And I That's thought that cool. was a pretty cool yeah. little thing. So, yeah, I mean, big, big ups. We need more of that on TV. And besides all that, it's just a fucking fun show. Like, Quantum Leap is a fun show. Something new every week, and the cast is just so great. So, yeah, big what, thumbs up. What, uh, big thumbs up. What's, what's, what, where are you watching it? I believe I'm watching it on Peacock, I think. I was going to say, I don't know, not have any idea where that is. I mean, nobody knows where anything is these days. I don't even... Okay, I'm pretty sure I'll it's check Peacock, Peacock yeah. It's really good. It's really good. Like, if you watch it... Go to season one, and I agreed. The first one or two episodes, a little stiff, but just give it some time. They they snap into it real quick, and it gets really fun really fast. So there's that. Also, another fun show I really like is Resident Alien. They just came back as well. That's one with starring Alan Tudyk from Firefly, and he does like a million voice acting roles. He plays an alien who is disguised as a human on Earth, and he has all sorts of misadventures. He's in like Colorado. They spend a lot of time with the, uh, the Native American population there. Native American issues are a big part of that show. Uh, the, the supporting, like the other main star of that show is a Native American woman who's great. Mm-hmm. Um, the cast is really strong. It's fucking funny. They do like a lot of really absurd stuff. And Alan Tudyk's portrayal of this alien who like looks human but doesn't know how to act human is fucking funny as hell. Like he says like the weirdest shit in these weirdest voices. And it's just like, it's a joy to watch him chew the scenery so hard, like in every episode, it's, it's really good. It's really funny. I saw the first season, and I think there's three seasons now, right? This yeah, is, yeah, I think know. this is the third season right now. It kind of reminds me of People of Earth a bit. A little bit, yeah, yeah. which which ended way before its time. But uh, anyway, Resident Alien, good stuff. Um, I'm on the last episode of Uncanny Counter 2 on Netflix. I've talked about this one a lot. I've been really happy with this episode and this season. Um, at the end of season one, they lost the main writer. In fact, I think the series creator left the show. They had some creative differences. And the last two episodes of the season one kind of wobbled a little bit. It was strange because it was so strong all the way through. And then at the very finale, it got kind of weak. And I was like, oh, I don't know what this means for season two. But they have rallied really strong. I think it's come back in a good way. There's obviously some changes, but I think it's been funny. It's been lots of cool action. I love the characters. It's about a series of ghost hunters they're kind of like ghost slash demon hunters in korea they work in a restaurant during the day but then they also hunt those ghosts at night um it's just really compelling stuff great performances like a lot of k-drama going on but in a good way uh uncanny counter is just fucking fantastic one of my favorite shows recently for sure and the last thing i'm going to talk about is wonka the movie have you seen it yeah and i thought i mentioned it in the show i can't we remember. did not mention it i don't believe so or did we did we, not? we must Maybe have because i saw it and i was like i don't see movies in theaters and so i saw it it must have been. What did you think of it? Remind me, what did you think of Wonka? Yeah, I really liked it. Okay, yeah, we liked it too. Yeah. We thought it was really good. I really appreciated that um, they decided not to do another strict retelling. They went back and kind of did a prequel. So it was like an all-new story featuring the Willy Wonka character when he was younger, just getting his start, had not had his empire of chocolate yet. Um, you know, like in this weird town, having these misadventures. And it was just like a really fun spin on... It felt familiar in a good way, but not too familiar like you're watching the same movie again. Like, we've already got the Gene Wilder classic. We had the Johnny Depp, which also was not bad at all. And here's this one, but it's like a new spin on it, which I thought was really great. Great idea. Uh, I definitely liked it. It was really fun and and musical as well, which I, I didn't realize was a musical. I didn't either. Um, when I went, I was like, oh, no. But then it, those songs were good. And like, songs was, were yeah. good. Keegan-Michael Key is in it, and he's so really good. fucking funny. Hugh Grant's so good. Guys. 
What's that? Hugh Grant. He's so good in Hugh this. Hugh Grant is really good in that movie. Yeah. The trio of bad guys are all really good in that movie. There's the the Matt, what's his name, from British oh, Bank yeah, Off is in there. they're all really good, yeah. The guy from Horrible Histories is in that, and he's really good. Like, they're, I mean, everybody's really good in this movie. It's a really fun, well-put-together movie. It's just a good good afternoon well spent. So I really liked Wonka a lot. Good stuff. Cool. Check it out. It's on Check digital demand. Out. You can watch it anywhere now. Yep. We just streamed it yesterday for sure. And folks... That is a show. That is it. That is it. Uh, before we close, please leave us reviews. Share us on social media. Most important of all, recommend us to your friends because nothing beats word of mouth. Also, like I mentioned earlier, if you want to help support the show, keep us going and keep us uh, uh, supported with the cost of running the podcast. You can do that over at patreon.com forward slash the Soviet Games podcast. Anybody chipping in $5 or more will be invited by me personally to the Discord. And we have lots of fun chats over there. A lot of cool people. As always, we do want to get your questions and comments. Hit us up at SovietGamesPodcast at gmail.com. You can also hit us up individually. Carlos, where are we sending your traffic this week? Uh, Glitch of the Ground. And uh, go over to YouTube and watch Glitch of the Ground. And if you want to leave your comment about Suicide Squad and tell me I'm wrong or right, uh, please do. The thing is blowing up, and I would love to hear your opinion. Uh, Glitch of the Ground, YouTube. There you go. As for me, I'm on Instagram, Blue Sky, and Twitter. It's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's. And this is going to do it for episode 376. Thank you again for joining us here on the Soviet Games Podcast, and we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Turn down PlayStation, downloads, banishers.